Tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Good morning, welcome along to Tip Today, 1800-938-007. That's our free phone number, won't cost you anything to make a call. And Emma is looking after the show today. Coming up on this morning's programme, we have highlights from last night's Best of Tip Awards at the Anna Hotel, and what an evening it was. Absolutely packed house, wonderful atmosphere, some great winners and some great crack as well. Also coming up on the show, should we go back to wearing masks this winter? And what about COVID jabs for babies? The Cabinet agrees on longer opening hours for pubs and clubs. We'll be hearing the reaction of the uh, people of Tipperary to that. More reaction to Ukrainian refugees. The Gardaí will keep us up to speed what's been happening around the Premier County and the difficulty of caring for elderly neighbours. So all of that and much, much more on the way. You can text and WhatsApp 083 You can email tiptoday at tipfm.com. We're always delighted to hear from you. Now, EU Health Chiefs have approved COVID vaccines for six-month-old babies in a move that is likely, I suppose, to spark controversy. Now, the Bloc's uh, drug watchdog gave the green light for children older than six months to get either Pfizer or Moderna jabs. Now, it may be approved in the UK before Christmas. There's no indication that it's to be introduced here uh, yet, but it does come amid growing fears of another COVID wave this winter. Helen joins me now. Helen, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed. You've really stated your case on this, Helen. You're telling us you're completely against the notion of uh, the COVID vaccines for babies. Yes, I am. To be quite honest, I could nearly get sick at the thought putting um, a still pretty unknown vaccine into little vulnerable babies is just beyond credulity. So you wouldn't go for this whatsoever, even though babies are vaccinated with other vaccines? Oh, they are, but those vaccines have been trialled for a long, long time. This vaccine was only on a short trial and then jabbed into us. Mm. So it's a very, very, very short time since the vaccine came on the market anyway. The other vaccines for babies have been around a long, long number of years and have also been trialled properly for the previous uh, required number of years. Uh, For some reason, this COVID vaccine was given short trials. And you're you're telling us uh, that your stomach would churn at the thought and for particularly, this, yeah. yes, for the COVID one. Let me make it clear that I, I am not anti-vaccinating vaccine yeah, yeah. babies. There are so many vaccines that are very important. Uh, for example, um, my my daughter had whooping cough. Yes. Because when she was a baby, she was born in severe distress. We could not give her that vaccine. 
And I could not, when my, our son was born, I couldn't wait until he was old enough to get the job because Karen got whooping cough and she was so terribly sick with it. Right, so you're pro-vaccine largely. Is that what you'd say to me, Helen? Oh, yeah, but, but you don't think this is trialled enough as far as you're concerned? You've got nailed it there, Fran. Yeah. I am pro-vaccination uh, for most of the vaccines, but for this particular one, I think, why would you do that to your baby? I, now, I have a five-and-a-half-year-old grandson, and he hasn't been given that vaccine. I hate to think what effect it will have on them when they're all older. Mm. Uh, we are seeing growing number of young people dropping dead. Mm. And they're saying, oh, nothing to do with the vaccine. Of course it has. Do you, you believe that? Oh, you? absolutely, Fran. I think we have put ourselves into uh, an Alice in Wonderland mm. rabbit hole. Now, you know, Helen, I have to put it to you that there's no proof that there's links between young people dying and the vaccine. There's no medical proof that I know of anyway. Uh, okay, put it this way. That is my opinion. Clearly, okay. I'm yeah, not saying that, is, that that is exactly how yeah, it that's, is. that's your own opinion. You know, because... Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, facts and figures can be uh, manipulated to suit situations. Right. You know, just like history. History has three sides. What happened, what man A thought happened, and what man B or woman B thought happened. Yes, well, there's all sorts yes. of different views on, on everything. Would you mind, and you needn't answer this if you don't want to, Helen, but have you taken the vaccine yourself? I took the first uh, two jabs and no, none after that. None after. I got dermatitis from it and, I, and my energies went down, but the dermatitis has been terrible and I never had skin problems. I was going to That's ask you, how, did you have dermatitis beforehand? No. Never, never. And it was being put down, oh, it's the hand gel, Helen. And I've been using hand gel for long before COVID. Right. I'm a vegetarian, and if I touch meat or anything like that, I I, I have to vaccinate my hands. Not vaccinate. I have to um, use alcohol wipes or right. hand gel afterwards just to get rid of all the bacteria from right. chicken or meat. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, so you and also you go to a toilet, a public toilet, right? Mm, yeah. And then you wash your hands carefully. This has always been the case. Mm. You go to open the door. Well, somebody before you may have had food all over the place, not washed his hands or her hands. I, uh, and there you have your hands and all that crap. Well, I, I, I'm a bit <laughs> nuts about that kind of stuff, to be honest yeah. with you. So I always use the the end of the handle. <laughs> to, yeah. To or if I, if I haven't, if I forgot my gel, I'll bring some paper with me Would you? and yeah. use the handle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the hand gel thing, I think overall, I know this isn't about the hand gel, but it is about adapting our practices. If COVID is to teach us anything, it is about personal responsibility. And that does not necessarily incre uh, include uh, being vaccinated because there have been so many people I know who have had adverse effects to the vaccine. We've been talking about babies, but I'm just wondering about infants or over fives, for example. Would you still object to yes. children that young being being vaccinated? Yes, I would. Absolutely, yes. I think that let the person reach the age where they can, for 14, 15, and make their own decision, mm. where, the vac where the COVID vaccine is concerned. Yes, Will you stay with me there for a moment, Helen? Because Ma Ma Mary joins us. Mary, good morning to you. 
Good morning, Fran. I think you might be in agreement with Helen to some degree, aren't you? To some degree, yes. Um, I agree totally. Now, when I, again, I would have to state it's my opinion. Mm, yes, of course. But I, I genuinely don't think this vaccine should be given to babies. Why, why so? Because, Mary? Again, um, to reiterate what Helen said, and it is a fact, this vaccine is still actually only being trialled, mm. really, and we're the ones trialling it. Mm. It hasn't been trialled extensively before, obviously. Um, I think the incidence, I did actually try to look it up, but you know it's very hard to find information on it. Mm. But I think the incidence of serious illness in in very young children with yeah, COVID very, very is minute. Low. Very My news. Yes, yeah. So I seriously would question why anybody would put that into a child's body, not knowing, and seeing the adverse reactions that adults have had. Yes. From the vaccine. Now let me put it to you, Mary. If if it was available based on parents making the decision, I mean, if parents made a decision and said, "Okay, we want our baby." Vaccinated. Would you have a problem with that if the parents made the decision? Well, of course, it will be the parents that will be making the decision anyway because I can't see how they can make this vaccine compulsory, right. mandatory. Um, obviously, it is up to every parent. I would hope, genuinely, that they would be sensible enough not to give it. And again, like Helen, I am anything but anti-vaccine. Mm. Now, my own children, um, I was trying to remember, my three, uh, there was allergies in the family and asthma. Mm. And there were some of the vaccines they couldn't have. Right, okay. When there were babies. There's none of that now with COVID, with the vaccine. Like, you get it, basically, you know. Well, well, you are you not, I'm trying to remember back, yeah, you are asked about, are you allergic to certain things, though. Isn't that part of the question? You are, but it is very... You know, I don't know of anybody who's been refused it. Actually, I could give you an incident now with regard to the vaccine. You're not going to name Um, names or anybody? Oh, gosh, not at all, except myself. Okay, Mary, yes. (laughs) It's myself. (laughs) Okay. Um, I have a a genetic condition which leads to uh, lung clotting. Okay. I have close brothers who died... From the condition, and I myself, that, I myself was Donald did actually, yeah. and I was found to have the gene, oh, a good twenty four, five years ago in St James's, and um, when the vaccine came out, I then I, I actually then went on to get multiple lung clots and pneumonia, and luckily enough survived it. Oh, warfarin for life. Yeah. Um, but when the vaccine came out, I'm trying to remember the name of the one. Um, in fact, they stopped using it, I think, on certain age groups. Mm. I can't remember. Was that anyway, Ma- Moderna, was it? Well, no, it wasn't Moderna. Yeah. There was Pfizer, Moderna, and what was... I can't remember I the can't other remember one. I remember the other one either. Yeah, but it was the other one, friend. Right. And I was put forward for a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I went to the park hotel where you are questioned, you're 100% right. Mm -hmm. And I was asked to name my medication. And when I did, um, when I mentioned warfarin, I was asked why I was on it. And I explained my case. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, they would have to,
to uh, bring in a doctor to speak to me. And while he couldn't actually tell me, don't take this particular vaccine, mm. he did everything but, if you understand what I'm saying. Right, so what, he gave you the impression that you might be better off not with your clotting exactly. condition, is that Exactly, it, yeah. because yeah. I cannot remember the name, oh my God, I think it was the one developed in England. Hmm. Um, it, it was found, and it was genuinely found, to cause clotting on the brain. Now, while my genetic thing would have been completely different, they couldn't tell me, this is not going to cause you to have a clot. Hmm. So I, I went on to have the Pfizer but if those questions will say hadn't been in place and the other thing here, I can't actually say what I was going to say. I can't. It was about being put forward for that vaccine in the first place. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I technically, I suppose I shouldn't have been put forward for that particular one. So babies at that young age, God forbid, nobody knows maybe what problems at six months old baby could have. That wouldn't have been discovered yet. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. And th- this could exactly. trigger trigger something, and that's your concern. Exactly, because yeah. I do know of a person uh, very, very close to me uh, who did have the vaccinations, a certain amount of them, mm. and basically their immune system is gone. How do you mean it's gone? No, man. it's gone. Actually, to, I'm not sure if it's, it is. It, it is the immune system. Take, for instance, when six months ago, say, mm. if you had a headache and you could take tramadol, or you had pains mm. and you could take tramadol for it, and you get these vaccines, and suddenly you can't take tramadol anymore because if you do, you're in bed for a week, you're sick. Right. Well, I I, I don't know of that. I haven't seen anything on that now, Mary. I haven't either, but I can tell you it happened and I can tell you for a fact. So I think, again, going back to babies and, you know, if you were to get into the trialling thing about babies, Mm. we'd never give a baby a, a vaccine because look what happened with polio trials and everything else in the long ago. I I, I suppose. Uh, Helen, do you go along with uh, everything that Mary is saying there? I do indeed. Um, it hasn't occurred to me as such about um, oh, we a hedgement speaker there. Um, Mary, it hasn't yes. occurred to me about the fact that uh, babies could have some conditions which are undiscovered and yes. could then be um, made worse by a vaccine. So that's certainly worth trying. Now, the other thing that occurred they, to but me equal, is that... Equally, I suppose it's important to point out, sorry for cutting across you, Helen, but equally yes, it's, it's important to point out that maybe they might have a condition that could be worsened greatly by catching COVID as well. And in that case, maybe the vaccine might be good for them. You know, this is to make a counter-argument, I suppose, Helen. Yes. Well, the number of... Astra- uh, AstraZeneca, by the way, one of our listeners. AstraZeneca, yeah. That's his yeah. friend, yeah, that's his The number of uh, young children who have been very ill from COVID is minuscule. So why give a vaccine to majority for the minuscule. And, and the other thing was you had said about what if it was up to uh, the parents mm. to decide whether yes. or not to vaccinate. Um, on, on quick looking at this, it seems that's okay, let's go for that. But the problem is that these parents could start then lobbying their creches, schools, 
place comes wherever for, for babies it would could be crash that your baby has to be vaccinated against COVID to be allowed in here and now parents are being forced into giving their baby a vaccine they absolutely do not want to do so I don't think it's uh, because it, it, I don't think it's going to allow parents um Say, well, we, we, yeah, we'll do that or we won't do that because well, it will end up mandatory. Yeah, isn't that a very interesting point that you've made there, though, Helen? I that, didn't think of that one, yeah, I didn't think of that either, that if, you know, we have a new strain of COVID, God forbid, that becomes very virulent in some way, and that it may be mandatory if you're putting your baby into a crash to be vaccinated yeah. in some way. That Yeah, that would yeah. put a whole other look on things, wouldn't it? It would indeed, because a lot of crashes now look for babies to be vaccinated um, with the, we're called in the mainline vaccines, yes. you know, the, whatever it is. It was a five and one when Morris was little, so it's probably 25 and one now. <laughs> Stay <laughs> with me, Helen and Mary, for just a moment because Barbara is with us as well. Barbara, no good morning problem, to you. Then. Good morning. Good morning, Swan. Good How morning. are you? I'm very well indeed. Barbara, you are pro-vaccine for, for kids. Will you explain to me? Um, I just think if I had a young child or any mother that has a young child with any serious, you know, uh, conditions, they should get them vaccines. And if there was a new variant, all children at the age of going into crashes should and schools should get vaccinated. But at the moment, you would see it as only necessary if a child has an underlying condition of some kind. Yeah, is that, is that yeah like, you know, like serious asthma and stuff like that. Right. Or, you know, that blood thing. I can't actually think of the word of it. But um, what made me... I just think there's too much scaremongering going on. In In what way now, Barbara? In... You know, the vaccines, what they can do to children. Mm. I've had young mothers ringing me asking, you know, how were you after the vaccine? Mm. Do you think I should get my child vaccined? Mm. And I'm honest with them. What what, what are you saying to them? I'd say, you know, yeah, I was tired and everything, but I said if I didn't get the vaccine, I wouldn't be here today. And that is the truth. I had pneumonia when I was 16 and four months old. I was in Finston's hospital for six weeks. I was in intensive care for a month in Finston's. Then I had swine flu. And that's what damaged my lung, the two of them, on my right lung. So you, you're of the opinion vaccination has saved your life, Barbara? To yeah. That, is it, yeah. Okay, I mean, anyone with underlying conditions has to get it. Yeah, Mary, can I ask and you about elderly. that? That's that's an interesting point. That you know, if a baby has an underlying condition, would you have any objection at that point? I look. You see, the thing here is, and actually, Barbara has brought it all to the fore. There, um, I don't think any parent should be forced by a crash, by a school, or by anyone to give this vaccine to their child. Mm. Now, that is my opinion, mm. you know, just as Barbara has hers. And incidentally, Barbara's talking about pneumonia. I could write a book on pneumonia, unfortunately. Last year, I was in South Tipperary, St. Joseph's, as I always call it, yeah. 
for 14 days with very severe pneumonia again. During the course of my 14 days there, I was in two different wards. Mm. And almost every person that was in those wards had respiratory conditions, none of which were COVID or caused by COVID. Right. So, so what what is your point to be about that then? My point about actually it's it's going slightly, but staying on the COVID subject. Mm, yeah. Um, masks. Masks. Yes. You mean that the the, the respiratory tri- illnesses were yes. triggered by masks? And so no, by tri- triggered by the wearing in the, the sense that you know um, our it, immune systems weren't getting hit by what they normally get hit by. Right. And actually, you know, going back to vaccines again very quickly, I have been, since 2011, I've been getting the pneumonia vaccine every five years. And I do genuinely believe that without, I was so ill last year, without that vaccine, I do think I would have died. There is no question about that. But if if you were to get COVID on top of those respiratory illnesses... I have my vaccines... Right, but but if you were to get COVID on top of that and you weren't vaccinated, have you any concern about what that might do to you, Mary? But I am vaccinated. You are vaccinated. And okay, I'm an adult. Okay. But you see, I'm an adult. Right, so you're pro-vaccination for yourself, Mary. I am, absolutely. Okay. Right, right. And I'm pro-vaccination for anyone that can make an intelligent choice for themselves. I don't think that parents should be forced right. by anybody, be it crash school, wherever. I genuinely do not think they should be forced. Perhaps what what would be more in line if your child is sick, do not bring it to school, which people do, and we all know that. It would only be common sense not to bring a child. That, unfortunately, is very scary. (laughs) It's rather scary. Helen, do you want a final word on, on this? What about that notion of you know, underlying conditions for a baby, and maybe that's a reason to make sure they're they're covered in some way. Yes, again, there are hundreds and thousands of babies who are now three, four, five-year-olds who have had underlying conditions, have been living through COVID, some of whom then got COVID, and haven't died. I think to give a baby with underlying conditions, uh, still on fully on-trial vaccine, it's very foolish and it is putting their lives on the line. All right. Well, there I must leave it. But to Helen and Mary and Barbara, thank you very much indeed for joining us uh, this morning. Um, let me just bring you some of what's coming into us. Fran, I had uh, a second vaccine. All my problems started. Um, I had to leave my job. I haven't been right since. I was relatively fit. So I totally agree that babies should not have this. I haven't got uh, COVID, uh, thank God myself, but we don't know the long-term effects of the vaccines, so I would be afraid, says one of our, our listeners, and many of you uh, kindly uh, reminding us that it was AstraZeneca that we were talking about there, and we couldn't remember uh, the name of that, so thank you very much indeed. Uh, the media is off again, Fran, banging on about COVID and masks. Uh, they are useless. Why don't Tip FM and the rest cover the fact uh, and you go on to talk to us about uh, various drug um, drugs there as well. That's Sean in Tipperary. Hello, Sean. How are you? Uh, Fran, there are no plans for COVID vaccination for babies as stated by the Department of Health. So nothing to see here and uh, move on to the next topic. Yes, sir. 
Yes, sorry, indeed. Well, it's it is a cause of great concern because it has been. Uh, brought forward by the EU and it looks like the UK regulator uh, possibly may approve this before Christmas and you know what happens in the EU what happens in the UK and the like tends to end up here at some point or other so I think it's well worth a discussion. Uh, We'll take a break we'll be right back. Tip today with Fran Curry with Slattery's Garage. Puck on! You can't beat experience. With over fifty years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. Oh six seven two four one 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 or slatterysgarage.ie. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry in association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Well, it could well be a winter of discontent. We alluded uh, to hospitalisation there when we were speaking to the uh, three ladies, but I'm reading today that the highest level of hospital overcrowding on record for the month of October was recorded yesterday with 669 people on trolleys, including 28 children. And it has led to calls for the cancellation of elective care as hospitals are just simply unable to cope with the kind of numbers uh, presenting due to COVID, the winter vomiting bug and respiratory uh, illnesses as well. And of course, in news yesterday, we brought you that message that the public asked uh, to only attend the emergency department at Tipperary University Hospital in the case of genuine emergency in the local hospital. Currently experiencing overcrowding and management advising you to use your GP or care doc where possible. So it's going to be a rather interesting winter indeed. John is in Cashley. joins me now. Good morning to you, John. Well, Brian, how are you all? I'm very well indeed. Good to talk to you today, John. You've noticed a bit of a change of attitude um, of people in the society um, regarding refugees over the last few weeks, John? Yeah, I have, and I tell you, well, just to start off there, I, I tell you, I know a fella from the, from the Ukraine, and he's here 18 years. Right. And I consider him a good old friend of mine. Now, he's a grand fella. Yeah. He's working all the time, but he's even confused, upset with the people that are after coming into the country already. Why, John? Only, because they have, uh, in every country, in every rules, and every club that you've ever been in does etiquette and I've noticed now I wasn't in my hometown I was in a local town in the, in the supermarket and I was talking to a lady that had a lot of shopping you know just in the queue going up to the tail yeah and these fellas now I'd be a fairly handy sized fella myself but these fellas were bigger and there were three of them boys and they just went straight in past that woman moved her trolley out of the way put their bits of stuff up and got him and walked out that's pure intimidation the woman was kind of half afraid and are you, are you saying that these lads were Ukrainians? They are, I know they are, because yeah, right. the chap I just mentioned knows them as knows well. Them, right. Yeah, he'd, he'd tell me who's what. And what, they just barged them. into the queue, is it? Yeah, they've no, they've no um, uh, what would you call it, manners, we call it here. There's mm. etiquette and everything, as I said. Yeah. But they just walk in, and then there was another, another, and it was another shop, and they were buying bags of donuts. And just eat the donuts and throw the bags on the ground outside the shop. That's yeah. so. And I have to put it to you, John. Did you just come across a couple of bad apples? And you know, I mean, is it fair to to paint all Ukrainian refugees with the same? I'm not painting them all the same, but 
somebody sees her here, they don't speak the language. Mm. They don't understand what's going on here. Mm. And do you know the way we have the, like our local newspapers and there's that the other on our flyers and all that? There should be a caption put in there as to where to put your rubbish and where to put this and where... Do you know what I mean? In Ukrainian. Yes. 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 And another thing, they, they don't understand the, the, that the river, see, the fishing season is over. But if you go down and fish away and pull out all the spawn of salmon and all that, they don't agree with that at all. And the uh, fishery board officers that meet them, they just can't... The, the language barrier is too much, so you just have to just let them go, and that's unfair, do you know what I mean? And is it a case that they don't understand that the season is over? <laughs> no, hold on. You can understand so much. When there's no one else there, you know it's, you know it's gone, do you know what I mean? But I don't want to go into the fishing thing now, because right. that's for, for another day. But yeah, yeah and... Uh, them three boys that I'm talking about, you know, I'd be a fairly handy-sized fella. And uh, I was slightly intimidated by them as well. They'd let you know that they're around the place. You know what I mean? You'd be aware of them. So are you saying that things are changing a bit then, John? They are, they are, because there is uh, people where they're lodging strangers, like I said before, love thy neighbour, they're, they're lodging people in. Yeah, they give a family a house, and the next minute there's 12 or 14 of them beside it. That's very intimidating for an old lady living next door. It is. The language barrier. But I suppose needs must because there's 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 not many places now that they can go because we've run out of space. Yeah, well, well, listen, I don't know how they're able to find space for all these people. We can't find space for their own. Yeah. There's loads of, like I told you about that woman living in the care. That's absolutely terrible. You know. And is that the way people are beginning to think now at this point? Well, I think it is, like, because I tell you... The last time that I spoke to you, and uh, it was fairly hard-hitting few minutes, but yeah. the feedback that I got from that was on my own phone. I'm sure you must have got the same. Was um, My phone was hopping for a few days there yeah. about people I even... And, and when I had a lot of politicians... Were in agreement. In agreement, but they won't go to the phone and say it. Yeah, well, in fairness, That's I suppose Ma- Matthew McGrath has spoken out in the Doyle and, and said that, you know, we need He was to... the only one that didn't ring me, would you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> but he's spoken out quite openly about it and he's saying that, you know, that uh, things need to be looked at in terms of numbers and all of that. And Yeah, it should be, it should be capped. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Like, the Irish welcome has gone out the window, like I told you last day. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's just, you, you'll notice these people and they, they, they're never... One or two of them. There's always seven or eight of them together. You see, the, the, the only problem I have, John, is when you get into statements like that, and we know each other now a lot of years, so I can say this to you. When you get into saying things like these people are the, you're you're dividing people, and you're you know, I just think that that's a little bit dangerous. Do do you? It's not a little bit dangerous, like you know I me. Mean? I'm Irish. I'm in my home country. Mm. They are here, and there I am again. They are here. They should live under the rules that we live under. Do you know what I mean? And another thing which um, my friend told me, these people, now I don't mind anyone, as mm. long as they respect the country, respect the neighbours, respect people, they're not, they're law, not lawmakers, but not lawbreakers, you know? Right. Yeah. But he told me, you know, and he's a grandfather, I've known him for years, he said to me, these boys are over here, he said, unvetted, undis, that, the other, right? They call it Treasure Island. They're calling the, Ireland Treasure Island. Treasure Island. Treasure Island. So Ireland is going to win that. It's been pillaged Treas- at the Treasure moment. Treasure Island. 
Treasure Island. That's what they call it. Is that because we're, we're generous and we're welcoming? Is that, Yeah, is that... they're here to take what they can of it. But he said, these people think they can come here for a, a year, two years, take what they can, enough to build a couple of houses at home, and then gone. Jeez, I don't know, no. John. I, a, lot, a lot of what I'm seeing are, are mothers with small children. And, uh, you know... Well, someone made them children, friend. You mm. know, and there's somebody in charge of them. And I, I don't know the stats on this now, and I don't know if the statement I'm going to make right now is 100% true. When the war broke out in Ukraine... Now, remember, I'm only ta- talking in layman's terms here. Mm. When the war broke out in Ukraine, mm. there was 34... Hundreds prisoners mm. left out to go and fight on the front line. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> 1,100 of them turned up. Where did the rest of them go? So that's your question. Where Where are the rest of them? Is that it? Yeah. And, and go on then. Follow that through for me. Where do you think the rest of them are? Well, the village people used to sing a tong- song one time, Go West. I think there's a lot of them around here. Yeah, they disappeared. And, and they've gone all over, everywhere. And are you seeing... A lot of young men of fighting age here. I'm talking about big, strong fellas. Oh, big fellas that have... That have have what? Oh, we've lost John. Have we lost John? I'm not sure. You know... Sorry, John, I missed you there for a sec. Come come back to me. Just say what you were saying there to me again. I said to you, they're big, big, strong men. Yeah. You know... And they like to let you know that they're there. You know? And I think they take the Irish welcome, think that they can just pull you in in front of you. And that's not the way it should be. All right. You know, so that's what I'm talking about. How is it going to end up, John? I I honestly do not know because it's so mixed. Now, I've never, as uh, up to date, had any problem with any of them. Only just a little... That, that that old lady in the shop being intimidated and felt intimidated by them, by these three lads. Mm. But you know, where is it going to end up? They're probably end up all in the place. And what do you make of what Michal Martin is saying that we have a legal and a moral obligation to continue to take people <laughs> in? What, what do you say to that? Well, he's probably living in a, a five-bedroom house out the country somewhere, miles from nowhere. Why don't he bring up a half a dozen of them big fellas and let them live inside the house with him? He wants people that are living in towns. Well, Leo Leo has a Ukrainian mum living with him, as far as I know. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. But you see, they can pick and choose. They'd have that person vetted before they get into their house. Who's vetting them before they come into the neighbour's house? Yeah, is, is, is the lack of vetting is that something that that concerns you? That really concerns me. And as I told you before, they can walk through going back to the boys that were left out of the jail to go and fight the front line. Who's to say that they, some of them did put on the burqa and the, the black dress and walked straight through the airport untouched? Uh, well, I, I'm sure I, that has happened. Well, I, I'm not sure about that. Though. I'm sure there's some sort of, uh, you know, examination or going on. Take off the... your rings, take off your rings and have no metal on you and walk straight through. That's what it is. I'm reading today on the Irish Times, though, that the number of Ukrainians arriving into Ireland it, it has fallen, uh, John, after the shortage of beds was signalled by the government. So... Um, yeah, well, so if you if you look if you want to look at statistics, the war is over. Well, the war is over. Why are why are they still coming here? It is, friend. It isn't over. There's only not there's only one little part, part of the fight over there, but that's a vast country, way ten times bigger than Ireland, maybe fifteen. So 
could be even behind you. I don't know. Yeah, but there, there but, is, there is bombing going even of the capital there recently. And also, and also, Van, in, in, involved in all this is you have also the opposition on the war side, the Russians. There's a load of them after coming here as well. Russian and they hate each, yeah, and they hate each other on the street meeting the Ukrainians. You know what I'm saying? And what are you saying to me? Are you saying that they've come under the guise of being Ukrainian? Is that? Yeah, of course they are. And, and they could even be Russians here. The, the Russians are going to hate the Ukrainians anyway. You know, you're looking back to, we say, the Catholics and the Protestants up, up in Belfast years ago. Yeah, we see it's that, that kind of hatred, but it's on the street. Yeah, and but, this is going to get bigger. But there, there's a lot of Russians living in Ukraine itself, you see. And, you know, so... In the meantime, you, you, you're, you're pessimistic about the way things are going to turn out anyway, John. I can't see anything good coming out of it anyway. Yeah. Because the, the pool of money that the government have is going to run out eventually. And then, where do we go? The money will be out of the country, like they don't during the, during the first... Uh, well, already they're looking at the notion now of having them pay for their food and trying to get them to move out of hotels into maybe accommodation where they would yeah, have so, themselves. So what they do is go down to the post office and collect the money there off the government and go and pay whoever owns the hotel. You know, I wouldn't mind having a hotel myself I'd be on a winner, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> John Max Hotel, I can see it now. John, look after yourself. Thanks very much. The, the, the Big Mac <laughs> the, big, the Big Mac, yeah. Right Don't beside... Don't what I said to you now, Treasure Island. Treasure Island. <laughs> Good luck. Um, that's John Mack in Cashel there with uh, various different uh, views. Uh, somebody saying young Ukrainian men all over the place. I thought they were supposed to stay in Ukraine. Um, pike season is not over, says somebody referring to uh, John talking about fishing there. Um, would those three guys, should those three guys not have been over fighting uh, the war? You see, we're not... Yeah, I mean, John is fairly certain that they're Ukrainian, so look, what can I say? Uh, John is dead right, says another uh, person. Uh, the government should look after their own. How many Irish businesses are in trouble with uh, the cost of living? They should be helped out first. If you're a foreigner in this country, you get everything. If you're Irish, having to work, you get nothing, says uh, Marie. All right, I'll tell you what, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip Today on 1-800-938-007. One of our listeners says, saying that uh, what we're hearing is pure racism, it says here. Um, somebody else saying, I have two 12-year-old boys, Fran. Under no circumstances will be will I be made give them a vaccine. Uh, that has no proper research behind it. Um, making a choice of sending my children to school with no vaccination, then I'll keep them at home. I have my vaccine, but I will not be forced to give it to my children, says one of uh, our listeners. What the medical people will tell you, and I'm just trying to remember back to the various different um, discussions and interviews we had over the time, is that it, the, the, the vaccination programme that we've all, well, most of us have taken uh, the vaccination, is based on platforms that did exist from about 20 years ago when SARS 
uh, first presented itself to us. So it wasn't completely out of the blue. That's my understanding of it. Uh, anyway, 1800-938-007. The text and WhatsApp is 083-311-3311. Eamon joins me now. Eamon, good morning to you. Morning, Good to talk to you today, Eamon. You think our transport system here is a joke, Eamon? It sure is. Uh, especially with, uh, with Aaron or Aaron. They must be getting a great job of uh, sparing diesel and fuel because, you know, for the last four years, enough uh, now, there's uh, engineer work going on. I don't know why it's taking so long. And then you have the buses. Like, the last time I was talking here when I was great enough and I have been well been in the hospital again. You know, it's only a joke trying to get from me to be all the time. Like, yeah. Even like, only for a bus, I uh, never get to uh, in the, uh, in the hospital in time. Because, like, you know, it's a joke uh, having no trains going like, when you should have trains going. Like. And Eamon, are you completely depending on transport to get to hospital appointments and the like? I am indeed. And, you know, uh, like only for, I had to get a bus uh, one morning. Because my appointments were 10 o'clock and I had been uh, before my time because with the procedure I had to get done with myself. And the reason why uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you have other no, listeners no as problem, well. You have to take no, a break. No bother. No bother at all. But you, you have issues with that. You also were making a very interesting point and you're saying that because so much stuff has gone online that, yeah, you know... Ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I know I'm not doing one and uh, I do things online because I don't know it's phone like. And then, what about other people like us uh, to have a uh, disagree how to read and write? Like, uh, does the government ever think of them like? Right, that that people have difficulty booking online, or they just might yes. be able to do it technically and all of that. Yeah. Yes, but I think uh, this uh, the government's a joke. Like, and not only the government's a joke, but. Aaron was having a great uh, job of uh, sparing diesel, like, because, you know, as I said, this ground for the last four years aren't enough to do an engineer work. Like, I don't know why it takes so long. And then, like, the bus, like, is going from one destination or, uh, I don't know, uh, I think it's ridiculous. Like, uh, yeah. you, know, uh, you missed the, the bus, like, I remember years ago, there was a, a bus going from uh, Limerick you know, to Dublin, Dex 12. Mm. That was going every hour, on the hour again. Then the governor stopped that for every two hours. Now it's stopped altogether. You right. know, uh, that makes it mean now it's pen pen public transport that doesn't drive you. Right. And yeah. w- w- was that bus going through Ross Grey? I was, like, and I mean, it was great. Like, uh, at that time, like, when... Uh, when I was visiting my father in Barcelona, you know, he's a nurse now, but, yeah. you know, it's great. I uh, go, over, go to Barcelona every, every hour, on the hour. Like, the same with him when he would get his money in the post office here, and I was great. But, you know, there must get a great uh, uh, laugh, like, uh, of uh, where the message is about, like, the governors. Yeah. I think uh, it's the same with uh, when, uh, as I said last time I was talking, I was in the middle of hospital again. You know, it's a joke, like, uh, do you won't do nothing, right? So there's a lot of difficulties out there as far as you're concerned, Eamon. Uh, thank you very much indeed for, for talking to us today. That's uh, Eamon has uh, an issue with the way uh, public transport and buses are running. What about yourselves on that? 83 Um Okay, lots coming into us on uh, um, various different topics, but a lot of reaction to uh, what John is uh, saying um, 
to us uh, just earlier on there. John is correct. The Ukraine is a big country. The war is only in parts of that uh, country. But yeah, yeah, that's all fine to say. But I mean, if you have indiscriminate bombing or if you have the possibility of bombing going on and you have young kids, I mean, you've got to try and protect them as best you can, even if that means uh, leaving your home and leaving your your country and the like. Um, okay, uh, a lot of people disagreeing with uh, John as well. Uh, I hate to say it, Fran, but it's not only Ukrainians who lack respect. Uh, and uh, a relative of mine who works in a university hasn't uh, a racist bone in his body. But he tells me that there are issues there uh, as to how the college staff is uh, treated. Uh, we're building up a massive problem for ourselves if these issues are not discussed. And that comes in from Frank in Nina. It's interesting to say that, uh, Frank, but, I mean, if people do discuss this, and even if they put out legitimate fears and uh, the like, they are branded as racist because some people there are saying that about John, who spoke to us uh, earlier on as well. Um, okay, uh, let me see. Fran, is that Pat Short on the right? Oh, that was John. John Mack from Cashel, the great John Mack uh, from Cashel. Uh, Fran, I couldn't believe when Claire Brock said on uh, to, to the Tonight political programme last night that the Minister of Health, Stephen Donnelly, would not come on the programme to answer questions uh, if anybody else was present apart from Claire. So accountability, my arse, says one of our listeners on 083311. Double three, double one. Let me see what else we have. Uh, a lot of people very concerned about vaccination for kids, um, as far as I can see. Fran, uh, well said, John Mack from Cashel. More vetting is required, surely. Um, anyway, cheer up. We've beaten the palms in the cricket, says one of our listeners. There you go. Posh listeners out there following cricket and all of that. Um, okay, lots more coming into that. Package it all together. I'll bring it to you in just a few moments. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on. On 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Gurbina Marga Pat, uh, welcome along to the second hour of uh, Tip today. Lovely to hear from my friend uh, Joe Noble in Templemore. And Joe says... Um, HSE transport uh, we had years ago should never have been taken away. I remember a minibus will collect you. Now, yes, it went all over the place, but at least you got to clinics for appointments. Yes, the HSE would have to pay fuel expenses for a taxi now, but uh, one have to pay up front if you can afford it and then wait forever to get it back. It's a disgrace. Says, Is that how it works, Joe? I didn't realise that. Um, good morning, Fran. You spoke with a young man and a wife and children living in a tent in Castle Lock a couple of weeks ago. I haven't heard anything about that since. And I'm wondering, did they ever get a house? Mary, thank you for reminding me about that. And uh, I'm sure Emma will check on that for us and see what the situation is uh, there. Uh, currently, 083-311-3311. Now, nightclub operators have welcomed plans for extended 
uh, opening hours across the industry as a fantastic improvement which will increase profits and allow new venues to open under the new plans approved by Cabinet uh, on Tuesday. Pubs would be allowed to remain open until half past 12, seven days a week, while nightclubs will be allowed to open until 6am. Now the plans would also give pubs the option of opening from 10.30 in the morning until 12.30 at night and uh, seven days a week while opening hours for late bars will remain at up to half past two. Now, our reporter Katie O'Donovan spoke to people in Tipperary this morning to get their views about this. I know in my youth that I actually went and actually liked being out later if I do go out. But here in Ireland, uh, youth go out every weekend just about in a way. That was like once a month or so. So I don't really know. But yeah, I can't deny people wanting to have the fun when they go out and stay out later. Yeah, I don't think it's such a great idea. You'd think one o'clock is enough time to have a one or even two o'clock is enough time to have a great time. If you extend it to six, it will probably wreck the following day plus. So just for their own sakes, I think it's a bad idea. No, I don't really understand it. Like they're increasing... Uh, taxes and stuff and alcohol like shouldn't stop us drinking and then they do this it doesn't really make sense like you know I, I, I wouldn't mind to be honest just let the pubs open let the nightclubs open I don't think there should be a license anyway for closing yeah. that's my opinion probably a good idea in the long run yeah yeah good for business yeah not yeah. for me um yeah I think it's a good idea um I think the pubs have been through a lot in the last couple of years, so I think it's a good idea for them. It makes no difference to me. I, I say it's a good idea, really. I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's life. Sure, you know, since lockdown, we, you know, there was nothing. I think it's great. You know, and I wouldn't be that age for the nightclubs, but I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, I know, like, in a lot of European countries, they stay open much later, and... I always had a great time. <laughs> Out until six in the morning. Yeah, I think it's great. Wouldn't have a problem with it at all. Yeah, be worried about it. We're opening that late in the morning. Um, well, I don't think it'll, it'll work for a lot of pubs in rural areas because uh, they won't get the staff and uh, they won't get the customers to open five nights a week or even two or three nights mm-hmm. a week. And that's the views of some Tipperary people there speaking to our own Katie O'Donovan. Let's uh, go to Pat Hayes now. And Pat is proprietor of the Arch Bar in Thurles. Good morning to you, Pat. Morning, Fran. How are you? Great to talk to you today. First of all, congratulations to you and all your team there on that Best of Tip Award last night. You must have been delighted with that, Pat. Absolutely thrilled. It was um, it was a great night. It was great to see businesses in Tipperary get together and meet up and meet strangers and meet old friends and uh, it was actually great fun. Well, I'm, I'm delighted for you and the wonderful premises you have there for sure. Can I get your view then, Pat, on the latest uh, where the opening hours is, are concerned? Um, your own pub, you'll be able to open until half past 12. Now, it won't kick in until next year. Is that going to be useful to you, Pat? Not really. Is it not? Um, wow. Years ago, uh, there was late opening on Thursday night. Yeah. And what happened was people were coming out later. People only have X amount of money to spend on their socialising and on alcohol and going out. Um, it's not as if people are going to get extra money to go out for longer. They're not going to be drinking more. Uh, they're not going to be... Um, like, there, there's no more extra... There's no extra disposable income for people to go out. Uh, so I, I just think people will just go out a bit later. 
Isn't that very interesting? And what about staffing for the extra time as well? Will that be an issue for you, do you think? I think it will for the simple reason um, our, our taxation system is in great Maryland. Like you know, if, if, if you give them extra, if you give staff extra hours, they're going to be taxed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can, it can just stagger the the, the rosters, you know, with, with staff coming in a bit later, and I, I don't see a real advantage in rural Ireland. Yeah, because already, I mean, I see, I, I don't go to the pub all that often because I'm mostly working at night, but I, I see people are going out late anyway, Pat. They are. They are. It, I think it's an Irish thing. But, um, like, like during um, the restrictions uh, during COVID, when we're closing earlier on a, on a Saturday night, an awful lot of people actually come up to me and said... Um, my God, we, we have our Sundays to ourselves again. Right. You know, because people were coming out earlier. They were coming out at 6 o'clock rather than nine ten o'clock. And they were going home earlier and they had a good night's sleep and, and, and they had a full day on Sunday. Isn't that very interesting indeed? So, as far as you're concerned, to rural pubs like your own, um, fine pub that it is, but this won't make... I mean, like, Pat isn't going to be trundling off to the bank with an awful lot more money every week because of this. Well, people aren't getting extra income to to spend to go spend in the pub. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's just going to spread. It's going to make a day longer, which is going to increase cost for an awful lot of rural pubs, I think. And because electricity's gone through the roof, um, you know, it, 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 I don't see much advantage. It, it'll be great in tourist areas and in Dublin, um, fantastic. Mm. But rural Ireland, it just doesn't suit me. And what the, what about that notion of a late bar, Pat? Is that something you've contemplated? You know, they they have two licences. Well, it's great. It, it, it is good because, like, not everybody wants to go to a nightclub. Mm, mm. And everybody, a lot of people do like to have that, that later drink. Like, if, if people are working and if there's a party on and then they go out later, fine. But uh, if there was specific bars to be late bars, yes, that would be that'd be perfect. I mean like, like not everybody wants to go dancing you just might want an extra drink yeah. or just have a conversation as well. So well, that could suit a few places. But a place like the Irish Bar Pat, what would you need to become a late bar if you know what I mean? Would you, is it a, an extension to your license? How does that work? Well the current uh, legislation is you have to apply to the course and you pay a fee. Yes. Uh, it's it's approximately four hundred euro per night that you have to pay plus legal costs. Per night? To get an extension, yeah. Right, okay. An exemption to stay open. Like a nightclub will have to pay uh, €400 to the courts per night. Right, but can you not get some sort of a a different licence system or something that would allow you to be a late bar permanently, no? At the moment, no. No, right. At the moment, no. Right. Uh, There is those fees to the courts, so... I know that you're not involved in the nightclub business, but how do you feel about that notion of six o'clock in the morning? I see problems. Do <laughs> to you? be honest, I do. I mean, um, there's a number of problems. One is staff, yeah. uh, staffing a premises that are. Two is if if, if if the club is open at six o'clock in the morning, what time are they going to go out? They won't go out till two. You know, um, who's go- uh, there's going to have to be extra guard present? Yeah. There's going to have to be extra facilities like uh, chip shops or cafes or something to, to, for places to eat. Um, I don't know. I don't see the real advantage in rural areas. Cities, yes. Tourist areas, yes. But 
the majority of the country, I can't really see it. I mean, if you go to Thurles on a on a Saturday night now, the the local shippers they're closed at twelve o'clock. Are they? Yeah. Wow. And is that because they'd be inundated and it might be troublesome or something? Is that? That's partly the reason, but also is is, is staffing is a major yeah, problem yeah. in, in, in every industry, not just the pubs and, and shippers. In every industry, staffing is a major issue. There is the other addition then that supermarkets and off licences, they'll be able to sell alcohol from uh, half past ten on, on Sundays as well, some uh, extensions there. Um, how, how do you feel about that? Does that affect Does that affect you? It doesn't affect me directly, but I don't see any advantage to that. Mm. I mean, if, if anything, I think we should be restricting uh, off sales. I, I think encouraging people to be drinking at home especially young people, mm. drinking at home and giving giving them more access is wrong. Um, I really believe that, that drinking alcohol should be a social thing. Uh, extending supermarket hours, I don't think is much advantage to, to, to Irish society as a whole because don't encourage people to be drinking at home or alone or... Yeah, the the whole drinking at home thing, I think you and I are about the same vintage. But certainly in my day, this notion that you'd be well on before you leave the house, that was never the way it was, but it seems to be the case now. I think people don't realise how much they actually drink when they go home. Um, like if you get a 700ml bottle of vodka, that's 19 drinks. Okay. A litre bottle of vodka is 28 drinks. So if you get two people drinking a litre bottle of spirits at home, that's 14 drinks each. That's a, that's a lot of drink. But people don't realise that. It's home measures. It's, yeah. you know, like if, if you put any uh, spirit or a half one into a, a home glass, it would look lost. So unfortunately right. what happens is people are doubling up or trilling up. Right, because there's no measure. So it's just there's no pour, measure. pour it into the glass. Yeah. Pour it into the glass and people would have three drinks instead of one. And they're going out to the pubs and they're having two drinks. You know, like like an awful lot of the the, the nightclubs will tell you, like, you know, it's two, two and a half drinks per person when they come in because they all have their pre drinking done as such. But I mean how can you make how can you make money out of that? It must be Well, how many nightclubs are around, Frank? Well that's the thing. I mean I see you know, there's, there's only there's not 80, three in every town, like you yeah, know. There's eighty in the whole country operational today as opposed to five hundred uh, 20 years ago. It's amazing, yeah. isn't it? It's like, you, you, basically an awful lot of nightclubs are an extension of the supermarkets. Uh, they, you know, they're a dance floor for supermarkets. Mm. Because the pre-drinking is done at home, pre-drinking is done in the pubs even. So to actually make money in a nightclub, uh, you know, with the new hours as well, extending it and, and having extra staff and extra security. And how do you mean the, the, the free drinking is done in, in, in the pubs? They bring in drink with them, is that it? No, like, like if, if you're going to a nightclub, you already have your pints drank in the pub. Oh, right, okay. Yes. So the nightclub is actually finding it more difficult to make a profit. Yeah. That's why there's only 80 in the country as opposed to 500. It's interesting to see so many of them closed down over over the time. One of our listeners on to say that it's the publican's own fault because drink is so dear. Do you want to take that one, Pat? Well, okay, I understand where, where people are coming from, but I mean, like, you're not just paying for the drink; you're paying for 
the facilities, you're paying for the staff, you're paying for the heat, you're paying for entertainment, you're paying you're paying for watching a match. You're like the fees that are involved in operating a pub, I wish I wish I was making the money people think I was making. You know, like the the expenses are just growing and growing and growing. Like we we recently renovated the pub uh, upstairs, we put a restaurant over the pub. Yeah. And I found uh, some accounting files from my grandfather's time, as we're there 75 years. Sure. And I was looking at the accounts and looking at the expenses. And looking at the expenses today, I think there's a, there was about 14 extra monthly expenses on my accounts today as there was in the 40s and 50s. Between broadband, between phones, between IMRO, between PPI, there's a new license now, Sky TV, like Sky Television. People don't realise, but it costs me in the pub uh, 1200 a month just to show matches. 1200 1200 euro per month. Good God. Our insurance, uh, our rates, I mean, yes, there's a huge difference between the price of a pint or price of, uh, of a drink in a pub as opposed to a price in, in a supermarket. But you have to remember, the average customer coming in to me might drink four, five pints, or four or five drinks, hmm. right? Now, that's over the spell of the night. You walk into an off-license, you buy 24 drinks, you're gone in less than a minute. You know, okay, there's a smaller profit, but there's, a smaller, there's way smaller overheads as well. Right. It's the overheads that, that, that cost. I mean, like, you have labour costs, you have water in you know it, it's just all the expenses cleaning expenses the whole lot it just all adds up and, and yes the, the price of a drink is a lot dearer in a pub but you're not just paying for a drink you're paying for the whole experience mm. Mm. and you're paying for the facilities and you're paying for heat and you're paying for the TVs and you're paying for live music and you know all those costs are, uh, have to be incurred into the price of the pint yeah, it's interesting to get this perspective on it because, you know, it's it's often thrown around, Pat, and I don't have to tell you, uh, you know, all publicans are cleaning up. Look look at what they charge for mixers. Look at what they charge for this and that. But when you hear it from your point of view about the kind of exes that are there, you know? Well, look, it's like any business that you're in. You, you have to operate at a profit or else you won't be in business. Of course, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a sales mix that you have to put in. Yes, minerals... The half ones, pints, like you, you make less than a pint than you would in the rest, but you sell more of them. Right. Um, but it, it, it's all about the experience. It's all about, um, like I'm trying to even tell my kids and their friends, like, you know, it's 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 not about the drinking, it's about the social aspect. It's about meeting people, making friends, having conversations, experience the drink. Don't just buy the drink, drink it, and mm. oh, you feel great, and then you're sick. You know, you have to experience it and meet new people and have conversations and like it, it's a thing that's kind of dying out it's interesting so as far as you, to sum it up then Pat I mean these new licensing laws that will be in, enacted probably next year not a whole deal of use to you really in a, in a rural pub not in rural Ireland no right no I don't think so because like we had it in the Torres night before and people just came out later and we reversed it yeah um, no the advantage I, uh, the advantage would be tourist areas and cities uh, and look, there, there will be some publicans will love it because mm. they'll have a younger crowd, they'll have music and they'll have DJs or whatever and they will love it. Uh, but for the majority, I, I, I don't see much advantage. 
All right. Well, once again, Pat, congrats to you and your team there at the Arch Bar on your success last night. Great to talk to you this morning, Pat. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's the great Pat Hayes there from the Arch Bar on the square there in Thurless. Now, one of our listeners looking for an update on my chat with Graham King uh, a couple of weeks ago about himself and his family uh, living in a tent. Well, uh, Ellie has... uh, uh, discovered that the family are now in emergency accommodation and they've been given a room with uh, two sets of bunk beds in a hostel in Cashel. And Graham says it's not ideal and he feels they had more privacy in the tent, would you believe? But at least it's warmer and they're all together. And uh, we might touch base with uh, Graham again next week just to check in and see how the family are doing. But thank you to one of our listeners who was making an inquiry about that. Patrick was on to us and he says, listening to your news, Fran, uh, assaults around the increase and they want to open bars and clubs until 6 o'clock in the morning. Who will control this? Having worked in a late bar, this is going to be a disaster. And with Garda... Uh, resources so le- low, it's not good news, says Patrick. 1800-938-007. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Austin is in the UK and he was in touch with us about the refugee crisis. He joins me now. Austin, good morning to you. Hi, good morning, Fran. Really good to talk to you today. You are looking at this under the notion that do unto others as you wish done to you, Austin. I am, Fran. Uh, I, I'm appalled by some of the comments on, on Tip FM with regards to the Ukrainian refugees, you know. There, but for the grace of God, uh, you, know, we, 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 you know, Ireland is not under attack from a bigger power. But if it were, it would, you know, the people would may want to flee and be on boats to America. And then you have, you know, to hear the Americans say, oh, no, there's no space in our country for Irish refugees, you know. So just because, you know, the, the, the history during the famine, you know, thousands of Irish, millions of Irish people went abroad to escape the famine. And, you know, the excuse at the time, which we kind of hear a similar excuse today, was, oh, there was plenty of food being exported from Ireland at the time. So why why were they going abroad? You know, plenty of food, you know, even though the, the fact of the matter is they were starving. Yeah. So today we hear in the Ukraine, oh, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no fighting going on in Western Ukraine, France. But just because there's no fighting today doesn't mean that there won't be any fighting tomorrow. And Already we see, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the the, the Russians are sending missiles mm. all over the place in mm. Ukraine. It's not just in the east, it's all over the country. I think most of, about 50% of the country is without power now. And, and that's going into their winter, whereby, you know, they'll have temperatures under 20 degrees, yeah? You, um, you, you know that people would argue with you. I mean, you speak about people leaving here 
um, during the famine and after the famine. And what they would probably say to you is that, you know, they arrived in countries, but they didn't get much of a helping hand, Austin, I suppose. Is um, what the, okay. and, and you understand, I, I that, you understand my that. position here is devil's advocate, okay? So I, just, I, I take okay. that, friend. Friend, yes. they're, not looking, they're not looking for handouts. The yes. Irish government are giving them the handouts. They're looking yes. for shelter. Yes. The majority of people who are coming into Dublin are looking for shelter, uh, you know, away from the bombs and the chaos that that's enveloping their country. And I think maybe because it's not in the news every night, you know, if you if you look on Twitter, you can see that there are fierce, fierce battles going on at the moment in within Ukraine between the Russians and the Ukrainians, and thousands of thousands of soldiers are losing their lives. Daily, friend, daily, yes. and they're they're fathers of these women and children who are coming over into Ireland. Uh, Absolutely, uh, and it is largely know. women and children coming here, and it's very important. It's largely point women and yes. children. I think the percentages are easy for everybody to look up and see that it's ninety-five percent mm. women and children. Yeah, mm. and it just it's it's heartbreaking. And like that man that you had on earlier today, Fran, uh, talking about hearsay, about what he saw in the supermarket, and he thought they might, you know, they might be Ukrainians and all of this nonsense. Well, he, well, he was you know, pretty, that, he was pretty sure me, that Fran, they were Ukrainians. Well, pretty sure is not, is not good enough, Fran. Mm. It's hearsay. Mm. It's hearsay. I was on a bus. I was on a night bus one time in London, and I was sitting down quietly on the night bus, and it was a packed night bus, and an Irish man come up drunk, drunk, very drunk, uh, telling everybody he loved them. And I thought to myself, that's the impression now that all these people sitting down, you know, all the other people on the bus will say, oh, there's another drunken Irishman. Mm. Even though they could have, half the bus could have been Irish, but just sitting quietly, you know? It's, it, it's, but it, so it's it, about it, perception. It's thing, is that, is that, is and as well, yeah. friend, if you ask, why would that checkout person serve somebody who jumps the queue? Even if they were an Irish person jumping, they wouldn't serve them. Well, you know, John's it, point was that it was intimidating at, at the time yeah. and that, you know... Yeah. I mean, well, that, well, John John, John pushes his argument either way. You know, he, point, he said there was a house with so, low, so many people living in the house. Friend, if there was a house with nobody living in it, he was saying, why wouldn't they let other people come in? Why wouldn't they let other Ukrainians come into that house if they're all so desperate for accommodation? Yeah? And so, I, made, you know, I, I made that point to can, him, as, as you, can, you know. You can, push, you, know, you can push the argument either way when you want when you want to be a bit racist. Okay, well, yeah. I, 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 in fairness to him, I, I, you know, that's that's a big claim now to say that he was racist. He was giving us an well, opinion. Friend, you might perceive racism. it to be racist, but define I mean... Define racism, friend. Define racism. You had the woman on yesterday saying, I'm not a racist, but... Mm. Define racism. Mm. I, I come from a position, friend, of being an immigrant. You know, mm. I'm in the UK. It was, it was the most difficult thing I did in my life going over to the UK. The most typical thing I did in my life, friend. Yeah. And I speak the same language as English people. And I, you know, I'm, I, I found it difficult because there's a there's a, a slight difference, you know, humour-wise and whatnot. There's a slight difference. Culture you know, and, and the like, yeah. And, you have, to, and yeah. you have to make new friends. You have to open, you have to create a brand new circle of friends and you have to, you know, a, a brand new circle of, uh, you know, support networks and whatnot, yeah? Um, these Ukrainians are coming into Ireland and they don't have a lot of them don't have a word of English. They don't have a word of English, and that makes it that it makes it a nightmare because you're dependent on others to support you to do the most basic things. You're depending on them to to help you pay your bills to to open a bank account. Mm. Everything you're depending on others because you have no word of English. Let, let, and let me put the document in front of you, let me, and you don't know what you're finding. Sure, of course. And let me just put something to you. We're in a position here now, Austin, where. 
we're full in that. We can, we have no more okay. accommodation Friend. for people. Friend. So Friend. the danger is Friend. that Friend. people are coming in here now and Friend. they'll end up without a place to sleep. It's 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 Friend, it's 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 that's totally ridiculous, Friend. I walk up a village in, in Tiberi and as I walk up the village from where we live, I see uh, a house that's empty and then the next house is empty and the house across the street is empty because it's up for sale and the house next door is empty and I go up a little bit further and I find a pub the bottom of the pub that's completely empty not been open for 10 years I look across the street there's a, there's a, a shop that's been empty for 2 years I walk up a bit further up the street there's another pub that's been empty for 20 years I look across there's a block of flats that's been empty for about 4 years and you're telling me the country is full well, what I'm telling you is that there's no accommodation because what you're describing well, to me would take... No, just one second, Austin. No what, what you're describing to me would take months, if not a year, to get up and running if these places are vacant well, for so I long. Think, uh, it's, it's an attitude, Fran. It's an attitude. If you want gold-plated accommodation, it'll take months, it'll take years. I've heard somebody say, oh, there's no kitchen in that place. You don't need a kitchen these days to survive. You need two rings. And a, and a hot air fryer it would would suffice as your as your cooker. You know right. you don't need a. I mean, you know the, people need to be thinking outside the box, Frank, and bringing all of these combinations back into 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 life for for Irish people and the Ukrainians. Right, but we, yeah. we we've ha- heard this argument on the program so many times. People okay. denied access no, okay. to so to the, vacant the, properties, the other, the even other, if the they're other, willing, even if they're willing to do them up themselves. Because okay. the other argument, friend, the other argument, yeah. Is if this was 1930s Germany, friend, yeah. and you knew that there were Jewish people on their way to Auschwitz, yeah. would you take those Jewish people and allow them into Ireland? Of course, now, absolutely. Of course you would. Now the Russians, when they started attacking Ukraine originally, they said they wanted to. Um, what was the excuse? They wanted to get rid of the Nazi That's government. Easy, yeah. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Now the argument has twisted as things do. The argument is twisted. And today on Russian television, nightly now, they're talking about genocide. They're talking about genocide of the Ukrainian people. And you had just the other day, you had the Russian presenter, a Russian Today presenter, talking about taking UK, Ukrainian children and throwing them, drowning them in a river. And then that didn't drown. They were, they, he said they should be put into wooden boxes, uh, nail the doors closed and light those, wooden huts, nail the doors closed and light the hut. Yeah. And that was that was on that's that's you can see it on there's you know some and that was picked up because there are people monitoring you know what's happening you know mm. people who speak Russian translating everything all of these little all these uh, chat shows and political shows just to let people get a feel for what's going on in Russia and even on the Russian main you know kind of political channels. Your man is saying, um, some chap would say, well, you know, why don't we just bomb all the electricity power stations and, uh, you know, uh, uh, what is it, pollute the water. Mm-hmm. And that way they all have to emigrate and we'll have the land to ourselves. Yeah. And, and that's openly been discussed. On and, the, and all on of the that Russian is terrible. Team. But could I point out to you that this is not new? I mean, look at what's been happening in Syria. And, and we put a cap on the number of people that we would take in, in here where that was concerned. We have today the notion that people who are gay in Afghanistan is looking to Ireland for some help because they're afraid of what's going to happen to them with the Taliban government there. And What, what and do you we, do? So we're, part, we're part of the EU, Fran. We're part of the EU. And uh, as being part of the EU, you support your fellow nations. Yeah, you support your fellow nations. And you support the view of the majority of your fellow nations. Yeah. Now, Ireland may not be in the firing line, but Estonia 
Latvia, Lithuania, Finland, Czech Republic are all in the firing line. Mm. If, if Putin had his way and got into Ukraine in the space of a few weeks, you can bet your bottom dollar that Moldova, Moldova would be the next country and then Latvia, Lithuania and Estonia. The population of those countries are tiny. And the, the majority view in Europe is that we should help our fellow Europeans. Yeah? It's a bit like, Fran, if your if you're sister or brother or whatever, uh, you know, the house burnt down and they were looking for accommodation and they worked beside you, you'd probably let them in to your house uh, on a temporary basis so they can back, get back on their right. feet. Uh, but you're not going to take somebody or anybody else off the street. You know, you're not going to take. You know, you might you might help them, but you're not going to take them off but, the street. But because they're but you you your... don't believe then that there is a case for saying, here's all we can do. I mean, if I take in my neighbour no, who who no, is friend, in a situation friend. and I look after them as best I can, it will get to a situation that I'd have to say, this is all I can do right now. And that, that but but uh, would you take in? You know, I mean. Uh, Fran, when when we're faced with the prospect of genocide, yeah, I think we have to we have to, you know, we have to take take a, uh, uh, you know, we can't, you know, it's, if it's a life and death situation, we have to we have to lower our standards and say, look, we'll take more. I would not put a limit on it because, you know, it, it just it just seems uh, appalling what what is could potentially happen. And already, Fran, they're talking about a nuclear strike in. Ukraine and the Russians are typically saying, what are they saying? They're saying that the Ukrainians are going to build a nuclear bomb and explode it in Ukraine to pretend to pretend that the Russians did it. Now, friend, if they built a nuclear bomb, this you could the dirty bomb dollars, they that they were talking they about. Would, yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it in U- if the Ukrainians did it. They certainly wouldn't do it in the Ukraine. They'd take it over to Moscow and plant it somewhere in Moscow. But. You know, this is and, and, and you know a, a nuclear bomb exploding in the heart of Ukraine and all the fallout and all of that stuff. You know, and it, people would flee there, and we would we would want to protect these people before any of that ever happened. So, as far as you're concerned, keep taking people in um, at this time. Yeah, I would keep taking people in. I think the eight hundred euro a night. A, or a month is a game changer. I think there would be a lot of people now thinking, I need help with my electricity bills. I will maybe bring in uh, a family into my house to help me with those electricity bills. 800 euros, nothing to be sniffed at a month. I mean, I couldn't understand it myself why you put up a family in a hotel and not put, the, you know, pay the hotel vast amounts of money and not pay Joe Soap to have them in your house. Yeah, so I think that would be a game changer. Um, your commentator earlier was saying, oh, I'd love to stay in a hotel. Friend, I, you know, staying in a hotel is nice for one or two weeks, mm-hmm. but beyond two weeks, it'd probably do your head in, you know, because yeah. there's no cooking facilities. And it's and it's not as if they have room service or anything like that. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't work it's, like it's, that, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's more... It's, it's, and I'd love your comment on, on uh, the front yeah. of the Times today that's saying that the number of Ukrainians arriving here now has fallen dramatically because of the shortage of beds, so... Well, maybe it's it's optics. Maybe they're hearing that they might, you know, they might they might have to sleep on the on on the streets. So, well, I mean, our politicians know, said that it was important that that message would be out there that they couldn't be guaranteed um, accommodation here at this point in time. So that's now, the message going you know, out there. They, they, the polls were putting them up in tents, yeah? yeah, and they put up two million in tents. And the the Ukraine is quite happy to go into Poland to get the safety 
for being in Poland, yeah. And the reason, that, and one of your commentators last week was saying, oh, Ireland is doing more than anybody else. Mm. They're not. The Poles are doing more than anybody else. And why are the Poles doing any more, more than anybody else? Because in their lifetime, friend, when World War II broke out, yeah. they were looking to leave their country. And everybody said, oh, we're full. We're full. Sorry, we're full. And they couldn't leave. So that is in their history, their recent history. And that's why... They, they want to do as much as possible for their fellow Ukrainians because they know in their recent history they were refused entry right. when they get And, and do, you, do you see the point that, that some people are making here saying that, you know, over the last few years we could not find accommodation for our own people and all of a sudden all these ideas are coming up, uh, modular housing and, uh, you know. Um, well, friend, I, I... Can you, you see know, why people might be a little bit frustrated? Not not about people, Ukrainian uh, people, but about what's happening. They can be frustrated, but I'll tell you this, friend. If the war ends, and hopefully hopefully things look are looking positive, I wouldn't say brilliant, but they're looking positive. I mean, that's why a nuclear attack is more likely, because things are looking positive on the battlefront at the moment, anyway. Um, if the war ends, a lot of those Ukrainians will go back home because there's nothing like home, friend. You know, especially if you're living in a but country. But many of them will have the nothing language. to go home to. I mean, they're, they're many of their homes in ruins. Their their businesses. That's, in that's ruins. true, friend. But you know, friend. I mean, that is that is that's true, friend. But. There's nothing quite like home. Their they're, they're grandmothers, their parents. Stay, stay with me there for a moment, Dawson. Stephen yeah. joins us. Stephen, good morning to you. Hi, Fran. Uh, good to talk to you today, Stephen. You were listening to Austin there. What What do you think? Well, uh, I, I'm sure Austin is a nice fella, and I agree with a lot of what he's saying. But, uh, any, any discussion about war, you need to say, where, where did it come from? Uh, has America any part in it? And is a lot of the things we're talking about here. I'll tell you where propaganda. it came from. It, it came from a dictator who wants to rebuild the, the, the Russian Empire. And that dictator started off by going into South Ossetia in Georgia. And the Georgian people said, please help us, please help us. And the EU and others said, no, we're not going to do it. We'll impose some fluffy sanctions mm. and ignored it. And he stayed there. And then he came and he invaded Crimea in Ukraine. And the EU said, oh, terrible, terrible thing. And the Ukrainians said, help us, help us. Nobody helped them. And they appeased him and they gave him Ukraine. And he signed a document. He signed the Minsk agreement to say, I'm not going to attack Ukraine anymore if we can have Crimea. So they gave him Crimea. What does he do? He comes in and he attacks Ukraine and he wants to take over the whole of Ukraine, not just the East. He wants to take over the whole of the Ukraine. Well, he wants to revert back to the the notion of the USSR, I suppose. uh, Yeah, and the reason why Latvia, Lithuania and Estonia and Poland and all those people on the borders Mm. are supplying everything they can to Ukraine, because if Ukraine fell and fell Mm. very quickly... He'd then be saying he'd be in Moldova before you could bless yourself. All right. do, do, just hang on, just and one second, because I, I I just want to give Stephen uh, more more time on this. Stephen, are you making uh, the point that uh, the propaganda is that really what you're talking about? Propaganda, friend. Yeah, wars with propaganda. We want to. We're talking for. Mm. We're talking for. We're we're saying what we think the Russians think. Mm. There, there's there's ambassadors and all that kind of thing. We've we've a Russian ambassador here, I suppose. We should 
We should see what the, it is they are saying. The Russian ambassador went on RTE TV in middle of February said they had no intention of invading Ukraine. He went on RTE TV and said they had no intention of invading Ukraine. So what's, what's the point of talking to him? Speaking well, of, the point uh, of the the point of talking is that it's better than World War Three. Well, I'm sorry, but they, they had an agreement. They had the Minsk agreement signed by Putin himself, and he went back on it. So, what are you going to do? Sign another agreement with Russia, allow him to build up his arms more this time, and then go back in and do do even more destruction the next time. Well, no you're, you 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 have all you have all the points of the war machine there. Well, well done. There's and no point go talking to, to dictators. Just one sec, Austin. Yes, Stephen, yeah. All of those, so I've heard all of those things from the radio and the TV as well. We all have. Austin, so he's not telling us anything there. We've all the heard solution? these things. What's your solution? Hand the Ukraine over to Russia. My solution is that before we all get taxed and sent off to some European army, we should talk first. And talk before everyone shivers because the gas is a stupid price. We should talk first. Talk to who? Would you talk to Hitler? Uh, I'm trying to talk to you, Austin, and it's not very I'm, easy. I'm asking you, I'm would, you talk to, would you have talked to Hitler? Would I have talked to Hitler? I'm talking to Austin. And you see, he can't answer it, friend. Can't well, even answer well, that. Well, okay, but hold on. Give, give, give him time to do so. I mean, he is making the point, I suppose, that, you know, uh, talks on peace would be applauded by everybody. I mean, Grant, if, if Grant, we could... you can't talk to this man. This right. man has broken an agreement. He needs to be out of the equation before anybody can talk to anybody. But, but I mean, how can you say, what, what are you talking about there, that somebody needs to take him out in some way, is it? The, the, the Russians need to get him deposed, take him out. I mean, if he's not a dictator, or, you know, if he's not, he, he is a pure dictator. He's not going to go, so there's no point in talking. Right. But uh, that's, uh, that's an interesting point now. Do you see yourself as a pacifist, for example? Fran, I was total pacifist. Total, total pacifist. I watched this unfold on Russia Today, because we used to have Russia Today in the UK as yeah. one of our news channels. And I always found it a good channel to go to, to get the alternative side of you, you know, to get the alternative view. And I could see that they were haggling for stuff and they were, could see they were saying, oh, NATO, the Ukraine want to join NATO and well, all of this. And I, I could see their arguments. You know, I could see that. I could honestly see their arguments. But when they invaded, Fran, I thought they're invading uh, an innocent country here. And, you know, there's, there's, you know, I was totally against the Iraq war as well, Fran, because mm. it was... It was it was totally wrong what they did. They just went in on superfluous the, evidence. The weapons of mass you know, destruction notion. Weapons of mass destruction yeah. never appeared and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, but either this, you're a pacifist or you're not. I think Austin. I mean, well, you, you I think know. when you invade when you invade an innocent country, imagine France. Mm. The, the 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 Boris Johnson got back into power in the UK, and because the economy in the UK wasn't doing very well, he starts off up in the north. And then they sent in the UK army into the north. And then the UK army came down and took over Donegal, Galway, mm. Offaly, you know, came as far as Offaly. And then you had the Americans saying, oh, you need to reach a peace agreement with them. Mm. Oh, <laughs> you know, how would we feel? It's our country. Why I mean, would, but, why, you know? but speaking of the Americans, I mean, a lot of people are viewing this as some sort of proxy war between Russia and America, really, at the end of the day, because of the amount of support being uh, given from the Americans and from NATO, indeed, to the Ukrainian army. If, if if the Americans didn't give the support to the Ukrainians, um, Putin would be going into Moldova next. 
and then he'd have his sights on Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia, or Finland. It would have been Finland because they weren't part of NATO. And, the fin- you know, when the Finnish prime minister was asked recently, how, what, what, how would you solve this problem? She said, Russia gets out of Ukraine. Right. If, if the Russians went into the south of Finland... Would you say, what's going to happen here, really? This, this, this war could trundle on for years and years and years and years. I, I don't believe it, Fran, because, um, you know, I think there's only a limited amount of arms in Russia. And but do I you honestly believe that Ukraine can beat Russia back and that Russia will accept that uh, failing? Because I don't believe that. Well, at the mo- I think what's happening at the moment is the Russians are failing, but nobody's telling Putin. Yeah, because if you tell Putin he's failing, you're off to Siberia. Yeah. So uh, I think we have to wait and see. I mean, it may end up with a nuclear strike in in Ukraine, which is which is appalling. But you can't you can't keep you know like I mean you have to stand up to dictators. He's a pure dictator who has gone and murdered people with mm. you know with these plutonium chemicals and whatnot. Things that you would only believe in James Bond. And now right. suddenly... And when you stand up to him, too. I mean, do you think, for instance, there should be boots on the ground from NATO? Do you think? At this stage, no, because uh, because that then would... Uh, that would encourage Russia to attack NATO countries, yeah? Uh, you know, there's a fine line. It gives it gives a reason then for the Russians to... to you know, gives a reason d'etre for their war. Whereas at the moment, they're only fighting the Ukrainians. And they're, 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 for a lot of them, their heart isn't in it because they're Ukrainians. You know, they have no beef with the Ukrainians. They would have beef with NATO, yeah. but they wouldn't really have a beef. Just, just one sec, because I just want to give Stephen a last word on this. Stephen, uh, a last word where this is concerned? I think this Austin there has swallowed a whole lot of propaganda. And I, I think you didn't answer whether you talked to Hitler or not. You, can you tell me, would you talk to Hitler now and not, and allow all those Jews to go into the camp, the summer camp? Well, a lot of people were talking to Hitler back in, in, in 1931. You know, I mean, there, there well, was... they were. They were, Fran, and look where it got us. Right. But, but I mean, people did talk, and they did attempt to make peace, and uh, I, I know that there was egg on the Brit's face over it in the end, but there you go. Fran, he was a dictator. He, he murdered millions... And if we learn anything from history, Fran, if you don't talk to dictators, you right. ask the people around them to remove them, and, and then Ste- you can talk. And Stephen, as far as you're concerned, uh, propaganda? Austin is listening to propaganda. Well, this whole thing, when did this start? Did it start with uh, Putin invading Ukraine, or was there something in the run-up to it? Was that the start of it? Do you know the start of it was 1990 when the Ukrainians yeah, the Ukraine gave, up their up, nuclear, yes. gave up their your nuclear arsenal? Because yeah. if the Ukrainians hadn't given up their nuclear arsenal, the Russians would never be invading today. All right. Well, there we must leave it, guys. But well, thank you so much indeed. Thank you to Stephen and thank you to, to Austin. How do you feel about that? Uh, 1800 938 007. The text and WhatsApp there is 083 if it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007. TIP FM's TIP Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage.ie 
Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, fuck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, fuck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat, and uh, you're very welcome back to uh, the final hour, indeed, of uh, Tip Today. Much reaction to Austin being on with us. One of our listeners on to say, top drawer speaker is Austin. Well done. Um, Let me see, uh, just to bring you some more of this. Fran, listening to that gentleman that's making reference to Austin as well, uh, talking about Ukrainian refugees and his suggestion that we should continue to take them in and also his suggestion that 800 euros of a payment to households should encourage more people to take in families. I'm not sure what this man's knowledge of running a home is but he seems to be a little bit delusional as to the cost of running a house in our present rising cost economy. When you uh, add up the cost of fuel, heating, electricity, waste, water, Wi-Fi, food and uh, additional costs for a family currently and add another family into the pot, I really can't see where he gets the idea that €200 uh, a week would be a game changer where that is concerned. Now, every fortnight around this time, uh, we speak with the Gardaí just to keep you up to speed on what's been going on around the county. And I'm glad to be joined now by Sergeant in Charge of Clonmel Garda Station. That's Margaret Kelly. Good morning to you, Margaret. Morning, Fran. And thanks very much for coming on with us uh, today. Let us start with that Mass that's happening at St. Mary's Church in Care. That's right. So we've been advised to inform your listeners that there will be a Mass in St. Mary's Church in Care on Monday the 7th of November, and that's at 10.30 a.m. The Mass is set to remind, um, to remember and acknowledge all deceased, retired and serving members and Garda staff who worked in the care district over the last 100 years. It's part of the centenary celebrations and Superintendent Golden would like to cordially invite the community to join them in that event. Very good indeed. Uh, There's concern about uh, some people offering building services that's not what it should be, uh, Margaret. That's right. So the Guardian Care have asked us um, to make your listeners aware that they've been advised of several callers offering building services and they're advising the listeners to be cautious about cold callers. And there have also been reports of people offering services, say, for example, emptying septic tanks, some of whom are not from licensed um, operators. So they're not probably disposing of that waste in the way which licensed um, operators are. And they may be themselves committing criminal offences. So the advice is to always check who the vendor or supplier is and if they are genuine. And I suppose genuine operators won't mind giving you the time to make those inquiries. Not at all, and it's important to do so as well. The clock's changing this uh, weekend, Margaret. That's right, and I actually thought this was going to be a thing of the past, but apparently the clocks are changing this weekend, and we're asking people to remember the advice to do the light thing, Mm. is the tag phrase there, and to light up your home. We know that people are ever more conscious of the energy cost, but that lighting up of your house uh, does a huge amount for crime prevention. That's important to me. You, you, you're of no doubt, Margaret, that is hugely important. It's huge. Yeah. If you put two house, houses side by side and your house is lit up, Fran, which one are you going to go for? You're uh, going to go for the one in darkness. Of course, of course. And uh, the increase in, in burglaries as well, between 5 and 10 p.m.? 
That's right. And we would say wintertime is particularly difficult for people and we would ask them to just ramp up their efforts for crime prevention and even the small thing of lighting up the rooms and making sure your windows and doors are locked and store your keys away from from the letterbox or windows and don't keep large amounts of cash and jewellery in your house. These are things that people, you know, never really get over the loss of, you know, some some very um, sentimental items. So just be super careful. All right. If we move to Tipperary Town, uh, Margaret, and uh, a reminder to firearms holders. That's right. So we we kind of had a glut of firearms renewals this, this time of year, and Tipperary Town Guardy, as in all of the districts around the division, want to remind firearms holders to renew their firearm certificates in a timely manner. The renewal notices are sent out by the in, in the post and they're usually sent out three months before the current licence expires. So you can you can uh, within that time frame you can definitely go and renew your licence. Don't wait for that end date to arrive and complete the renewals and if you have any difficulties contact your local guard station will be able to help you with and give you advice around that. Very good. There was a shed uh, broken into. That's right. So Tipperary Town Gardaí have left, uh, want us to make the listeners aware that between 5 and 6pm on the 12th of October last, a shed was broken into in the Cordang and Fonagown area of Tip Town. There was a lawnmower stolen from the shed and they're appealing for information in respect of that burglary. All right, to your own area then, uh, Margaret, and uh, a man was assaulted. That's right. So the Guardian Clonmel are investigating a serious assault of a man in his 30s in the early hours of the 22nd of October at a premises on the Cashel Road in Clonmel. The assault required the injured man to receive medical attention at the nearby hospital and a man in his 30s has been arrested, detained and questioned in relation to that serious assault and was brought before a sitting of Dungarvan District Court charged with assault causing harm and for production of an article in the course of a dispute that's ongoing in the courts. The next item, it really is proof that neighbours look out for neighbours, isn't it? I think sometimes maybe our the listeners maybe underestimate um, their value or contribution that they make when they pick up the phone and, and let us know. But one neighbour in Feathered was looking out for another neighbour and reported to Gardaí on Saturday morning, the 22nd of October, that somebody had forced their way into a neighbouring property. So the Gardaí went there and they arrested a man in his tw- 20s who was detained and questioned regarding the burglary and criminal damage to that home in Feathered and he has been charged to appear in Clonmel District Court in relation to those crimes. Right, and it's never a load on the Gardaí to take that phone call. It's important to say that, Margaret, isn't it? Yeah, we'd love to hear from more people. I would say that, um, you know, people are seeing things and they may not even realise at the time that how significant those things are that they're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Another burglary in Feathered? That's right. Uh, We had a report of a burglary in Feathered area on the 14th of October in which an all-terrain vehicle, it's kind of like a quad, but Mm. probably a little bit more sophisticated, and some farming equipment was stolen. The Guardian Clonmel carried out a number of searches at two locations in the wider South Tip area, and two men in their early 20s were arrested on the 19th of October. They were detained and questioned here in Clonmel, and they have been charged to appear 
here in court in November in relation to uh, the theft of those items and I suppose why we don't often get to say it, the all-terrain vehicle in this instant was recovered at one of those locations, which was great. That's great news indeed. Public order offences again, I'm afraid. Yeah, I suppose, look, it's just to to put it out there that there are consistently um, arrests being made across the Division for Public Order and this is in an effort to curb um, instances Mm -hmm. of assaults and serious injury to people on the street. So there was 13 arrested for public order offences across the district of Clonmel in the last two weeks. Tell me about what happened in, in Carrick and sure, an unusual incident, was it? Yes, so the Guardian and Carrick are seeking the public's assistance with regard to an incident which occurred on Wednesday the 19th of October in the Bally Lynch area of Carrick and sure, where a youth was struck by a firework and any information in regarding that incident, people are asked to make contact with the Guardian and Carrick and sure, or indeed in here in Clonmel and they have noted a serious increase in antisocial behaviour recently in various areas, not just in Carrick and Shore, but also here in Clonmel, and additional patrols are being put in place in an effort to curb this behaviour. I'm aware that the local Gardaí have spoken to students down there, just giving them advice in relation to the danger of fireworks, and we're asking the listeners maybe to reinforce that at home. Absolutely, because Halloween almost upon us. And I know that some of your colleagues in Thurles, you've been calling to primary schools there, Margaret. That's right, the Guardian Thurles. They've been calling to primary schools across the district to highlight the dangers associated with fireworks and bonfires. And they're, I suppose, alerting the listeners. And certainly pet owners will be aware that this time of year can be very distressing for pets. So they're asking to please keep your pets indoors if you can hear fireworks going off in the area. We're asking parents to discuss the dangers of fireworks with their children and, you know, this whole thing of holding a firework in your hand, lighting it and all that kind of thing. I mean, it can be very detrimental, certainly with the bonfires and people getting dressed up for Halloween, you know, floaty costumes. Um, just make sure that your children are safe when they're when they're heading out trick-or-treating. And I know you do it for me every year, Margaret, but just to make it absolutely clear, fireworks are illegal. They are absolutely illegal. And, you know, whilst we certainly would, for nearly the month of October, we're nearly plagued by uh, fireworks, but um, there have been instances of firearms being seized in the district. They are illegal. You're cautioning people um, about purchase on online and when they receive uh, their their goods. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of the listeners may be aware that when they're ordering an item online, and then they may receive a message on their text message on their phone about pre-delivery payment. Mm. So computer computers notice that you have placed an order, and you know scam text scams will send you a text message looking for this pre-payment, and they're. Basically, it's 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 chancing their arm in the hope that you'll take the bait. So never click on those links from a text message. You will have paid your delivery at the time of um, ordering your item. A lot of uh, bad weather recently, a lot of flooding on roads and stuff. And uh, because of that, some traffic collisions as well, Margaret. That's right. And yeah. certainly last night, I think, was the worst night that I have yeah. uh, travelled the roads um, this year. But with the recent bad weather, a number of collisions have occurred. We're asking people to bear in mind that if the road or weather conditions change, 
just to decrease your speed and increase your braking distance from the car in front of you. Certainly get yourself the winter ready with your tyres and all of that, which makes a huge difference if you need to stop. There's been a burglary in Thurlistown itself. That's right. The Gardaí are investigating a burglary that occurred over the weekend in the town and a male entered a house through an unlocked uh, front door and stole a number of items before being disturbed. Any information about this man acting suspiciously in the vicinity of the shopping centre area around 3am, please contact the Gardaí in Thurlis. To the Nina district uh, then, Margaret, and there's been some uh, success there in relation to a theft. That's right. So Sergeant O'Carroll has provided the report for me there and he said they've had some successes in relation to theft from shop offences in the Nina district. Mm. On the 4th of October, one man with an address in Dublin was charged with three theft offences, two in Nina and one in Ross Grey. The incidents occurred in late September where a large amount of alcohol was stolen from each of the shops. Also, separately, Gardaí following up on the thefts that happened in May and between May and August 2021 and August 2022 arrested and charged a man. Again, these were large-scale thefts of alcohol from shops and they would have a kind of national... Mm. um, hint to them, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of work goes in into trying to solve these crimes and they can obviously, they can often be travelling criminals. Very interesting indeed. Some dog offences, Margaret. That's right. So Declan O'Carroll has asked us to mention that there's a continuing trend in Nina in the last few weeks where dog offences have been reported. And on this occasion, on the 6th of October, a report was received of dogs on farmers' lands in the Castle Cranach, Carrigatoker area annoying uh, livestock. And the dog warden has been informed. But certainly this time of year, pet owners should make sure that their dogs cannot escape the premises, that they are under proper control. You can imagine Mm. the cost involved for a farmer um, with sheep being worried and the the cost kind of goes into into the spring. They can't even cost out the full cost of the damage until the spring, you know, for for certainly for sheep and things like that, but can be very detrimental to the local farmers. That's for for sure. And alleged assault as well. What's the story behind that? So the Gardaí are investigating an incident that occurred on summer in the Summerhill area in Nina in the early hours of the 2nd of October where Gardaí dealt with an alleged assault where a bottle was allegedly used. Gardaí had to use their incapacitant spray or pepper spray during the course of the incident and one male was arrested. Also an incident that occurred on the 28th of September in Banba Square, Gardaí seized a hurley from an individual and are examining CCTV in relation to an alleged assault and arrests are expected in those. Thefts from cars, and we seem to hear this every time, Margaret. Yes, and I suppose, look, uh, from our point of view in in Clamell District, we've been quite quite in this area. I'd like to think that people do do pay heed and lock up their cars, but a number of thefts from cars occurred in the last few weeks up in the Nina District. Three thefts from cars were reported in Ross Grey, one in Kennedy Park and two in Tulliskey Drive in Ross Grey. These happened 
on the 17th into the 18th of October. And in separate incidents, more cars were targeted on the evening of the 18th of October. A car was bro- broken into in at the Racket Hall in Ross Grey. Gardaí are examining CCTV of this incident. And on the same night, a car parked on Main Street in Moneygall was targeted by thieves who stole some tools. So look, the, the message is clear. Please lock your vehicle and ensure your valuables are not on show. Now, that's advice you give all of the time, but it's really important that people would heed that, Margaret. Absolutely. And look, I mean, for trades, for somebody who's in a trade, be it a carpenter, an electrician or something like that, I cannot even begin to imagine what would happen to their livelihood when all of their tools are stolen from vans or cars or, you know, and and the cost of even repairing some of um, the damage that's done. But ultimately, the best thing to do is to make sure your vehicle is locked. If you have a lot of expensive equipment, lock it up at night. It's certainly, I'm sure it's cumbersome to be emptying vans in the, at night time, mm. but it's, it certainly um, it gives you a better chance. Well, that's, uh, that's for sure. Some criminal damage as well. That's right. There was criminal damage to a park car outside a house at Coran Dollar. It had the windscreen smashed. This occurred on the 19th of October, shortly after 10pm, and the Gardaí up in Nina are appealing for anyone with information to come forward. What happened at that house in Fancroft? Yeah, so on the 13th of October 2022, so the 13th of October, Fancroft, Ross Gray, a man reported, was reported calling to a house impersonating a member of Vanguard Shikana. Uh, this it happens from time to time and it's quite disturbing for people. Mm. I'm sure it's quite shocking for listeners, but we're asking you to be vigilant. Remember, this type of incident is rare, but it can happen. Look for identification. There's mm. absolutely nothing wrong with that. If somebody is telling you that they're a member of Vanguardia Shea and they're not uh, in full uniform that you'd all recognise, look for uh, identification. Right, and of course a Garda will have no problem in providing that proper identification for you. Some uh, some more public order arrests? Yes, so they had seven arrests for public order in the last fortnight in the Nina district. Five of these were in Nina and two in Ross Grey. Right, uh, and uh, another, uh, a Yamaha Scrambler this time was stolen. That's right, so a Yamaha Scrambler was stolen for uh, in the Curramore Ballina between uh, Ballina area between the 16th and the 17th of October. The Gardaí are seeking anyone with information to contact them at Newport Garda Station. And just finally, Margaret, are you still hearing incidents of fishing? Um, is that still being reported to you? Certainly um, not not at the same rate as perhaps this time last year, Fran, but mm. it's still prevalent. Fishing incidents are still being reported. Um, in one instance, an individual was expecting a package and then received a text purporting to be from customs. The link was clicked and over €2,000 was stolen from the injured party's account. So again, like what we spoke about, about this pre-delivery charge arriving in a text message, something very similar there, purporting to be from customs, looking for you to pay a certain amount of money, click on the link and then they have access to your account. My God. And just a final word, as you say, Halloween on the way, just for people to be careful out there, Margaret, I suppose. Absolutely. And we will be out in force on Monday next. Yes. And, and the, 
the big thing for us is to try and enjoy the day, um, enjoy the festivities, but in a safe way. All right. Always good to talk to you. And thank you for your time this morning, Mary. Thank, thank you. Bye bye to you. Now, that is uh, the sergeant in charge of Clonmel Garda Station, Margaret Kelly, there with that uh, run around the county in terms of what's been happening over the last while. 1800-938-007. Text WhatsApp 083-311-3311. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Now, of course, we're with you every single weekday morning from 9. This morning, just after 9, Helen and Barbara were just two of our listeners who gave their views on whether babies and young children should receive the COVID vaccination. Here's a little of what they had to say just after 9 this morning. I hate to think what effect it will have on them when they're all older. We are seeing a growing number of young people dropping dead. There's nothing to do with the vaccine. Of course it has. Do you, you believe that? Oh, you? absolutely, Fran. I think we have put ourselves into an Alice in Wonderland mm. rabbit hole. Now, you know, Helen, I have to put it to you that there's no proof that there's links between young people dying and the vaccine. There's no medical proof that I know of anyway. Uh, okay, put it this way. That is my opinion. Clearly, okay. I'm yeah, not saying that that is exactly how yeah, it that's, is. that's your own opinion. You know, because... Yeah. Um, Facts and figures can be uh, manipulated to suit situations. Right. You know, just like history. History has three sides. What happened, what man A thought happened, and what man B or woman B thought happened. I just think if I had a young child or any mother that has a young child with any serious, you know, uh, conditions, they should get them vaccines. And if there was a new variant, all children at the age of going into crashes should and schools should get vaccinated. And that's just a taste of what we had by way of a discussion around that particular subject just after nine o'clock this morning with uh, Helen and Barbara, among others. 1800 uh, Listeners saying that Austin... Um, is incorrect, uh, saying uh, here that Hitler had a racist agenda. It's not applicable at all, making that point. If NATO were not pushing east constantly, Russia wouldn't be in Ukraine. The US is constantly stoking the conflict to sell weapons, LNG, gas, raw materials, etc. They've successfully weakened the euro currency, sterling, the European economy, the Russian economy, expanded NATO, opening more markets for weapons, it says here. So that's uh, by way of response to my chat to Austin earlier on in the programme. Now, the inaugural Best of Tipperary Awards ceremony uh, took place in Thurles last night at the lovely Anna Hotel. It was organised by Tip FM in association with the Tipperary Local Enterprise Office. The finalists in 15 categories gathered in the hotel last night. And Tip FM listeners 
nominated 650 businesses between the various categories um, and uh, five finalists then in each uh, category. 100,000 votes were cast with just a handful of votes separating some of the categories. Now Stephen Kyo mingled with the nominees ahead of the Best of Tip Awards at the Anna Hotel in Thurles last night. He began by chatting to the staff from John's Hair Salon in Templemore. Are you feeling very confident? But the town is great to support everyone, yeah. you know, there was a few from the town and the town is brilliant to get behind each other, which really helps, I suppose, yeah. you know, support small and local businesses, brilliant. What business are you from? Uh, oh My Beauty. So you guys have run a brilliant campaign, haven't you? I've tried, this is my marketing manager here. What's the secret? How did you, how did you manage it? It has to look good, you know, that's, yeah. that's the secret of beauty, I suppose, as well. And were you delighted to be nominated with the best surprise? Uh, we're only yeah. open since April. Sell the business in 10 seconds. Oh, it's a mobile beauty service, but I also offer a treatment room for the house if people don't want to be going to their houses. So. And the mobile element of it, did that start due to COVID, was it? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, when I was working in salons prior to opening my own business, I noticed a lot of people were struggling to get in for appointments at work. So I offer late evenings and mobile. Best of luck tonight on the Best of Tip Awards. Thanks so much. How are you? Good, how are you? Uh, what's the company you're with now? Cold Hair Salon. And are you feeling confident? And you must have been delighted to be nominated, were you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hi, lads, can I have a quick chat? Yeah. Where, where are you from? The Sheriff's Bench. In Clonmel. You must be delighted with the uh, nomination, are you? Absolutely delighted. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, a real honour to be nominated. So we're just hoping that maybe we'll push it to the next level. Have you run much of a campaign then to get the votes in? Well, we've put it out there with our customers and that, you know, and asked them to vote for us. So. Hopefully are you wearing your own products tonight? We are indeed. Of course you would be. Yeah, this guy's looking very dapper. What's his absolutely. name? That's Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I just every day. Jason, I, I, you must be the poster boy in the shop as well, That's are you? me, yeah. The window boy. <laughs> Elaine, where are you from? Ryan Design Boutique in Clamell. And you're hope, hopeful tonight? Hopeful anyway. Oh, sure. I'm delighted to be this far. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. Just to get the nomination absolutely, at least. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What do you think of the awards themselves then? I actually thought it was a great idea. A little bit of a buzz around the county. And um, is there many people, many customers talking about it? Have you, have you noticed? Absolutely, I have, yeah. And coming in, wishing you good luck and even sending text messages. It's been lovely. Oh, that's really brilliant. nice. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Okay, well, look, you're all winners tonight, so uh, we well done. Yeah, yeah, thanks well a million. Done. Annie's hair salon. Yeah, were you surprised you. to get the nomination? Yeah, we were. We didn't know anything about it. Oh, really? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So you, you weren't like running a major campaign or anything, no? No, no, no. no. We're a very popular hair salon in Clamwell. I'm sure you are. Yeah. And very busy. Is business good? Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Taking yeah. bookings for Christmas. You're probably booked out Christmas. We're like family really to us, to be honest. We'll be tonight. Yeah. We'll be booked out for the next <laughs> couple of years. How are you, Laura? Great, how are you? Quick words. Can of course. Are you delighted with the nomination? Absolutely thrilled. Um, it's great, and uh, our sister manager and our Sandra Queen is here, and Leisure Centre manager Anthony is here tonight as well. So. And you guys have run a great campaign, I see, on social media as well. Well, look, I suppose we've great <laughs> members in Clamail, and they've always supported us over the years. So it was a call out just to kind of get on board and just to try and help us get over the line. So fingers crossed, we'll know later this evening. And your thoughts in general on, on the best of Tip Awards? Oh, uh, look, it's been phenomenal, and the interest around Tipperary with all the different categories from from beauty to clothing to the gyms you know it's phenomenal so um best look to everyone to see them anyway at it, you know. are you busy for christmas now already yeah busy for christmas yeah all our christmas parties are sold out which is fab and um so just yeah we'll be looking forward to only eight weeks away now so sandra from classy lady how are you i'm good and you good 
Joyce, well done in getting uh, the nomination. Jeez, we're delighted. I think it's a great idea to be offended. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Lovely night to have something Well, to hopefully do. it'll be an annual uh, affair. How are you going to plan on doing that? That's the plan, yeah. Yeah, no, it'll be great. I think it's a great location. The girls are all mad excited as well. How's business in care? Good. Yeah. It's a great town. Oh, it's a super town, yeah. Oh, it's a great tidy town, so as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's looking well these days. Should the Christmas lights will be up before we know it? Oh, they will. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, don't mention the C-word. So where are you guys from? Uh, extreme CC uh, Tommel. Oh, the German con now. Yes, well done. Yeah, well done. Okay, so you're just beside us in Tip FM, of course. Yeah, literally just beside you, yeah. Well done on the nomination. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Delighted with that, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. Over the moon. Are you guys busy there in extreme? Very busy. Yeah, yeah. It's that time of year now as well. Like The weather's getting bad and the whole as well. So everyone's coming into us. Everybody wants to look good for Christmas as well. Yeah, that's the other side as well. Like, yeah. Yeah, Christmas coming around the corner as well, so yeah. It's a competitive category, the gym category. I see a lot of campaigns it online is. for this one. It is, definitely, yeah. So you have all the like, online coaches and you have you have all other gyms around Tomel as well. So it's definitely competitive, isn't it? Definitely, without doubt. But all we can do is do our best, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, well. and try, try to be the best. <laughs> that's super, that's super, amazing. It's yeah. super to get nominated, so well yeah, done, boys. Absolutely. Thanks very much. Well done, Where are you guys from? Many restaurants in Tramel. Oh, very nice. Very yeah. lo lovely restaurants. Thank yeah. you. Are, are you doing Thank well you. these times? We are. Thank yeah. God. We're yeah. very lucky. Tramel is supporting us. And yes, we're, we celebrate our fifth birthday there in September. And we're more so celebrating that everybody's supporting us. And we're happy to be here. Yeah. Surviving COVID and current times being so difficult with energy increases and staff level. No. We're happy. And looking forward to Christmas, no doubt. Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of people have mentioned the Christmas word. Get your locks on. How's business there? Great, booming. Very, very busy. Yeah, yeah. And are you happy to be nominated? That's Absolutely tip. delighted, yeah. How did that happen? Uh, we're not really sure, to be honest with you. It was actually a surprise to us, but we're happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Did, did, have many of the customers said it to you since? Um, a good few of the customers have said it to us and they voted for us in the whole lot. Like, we're fairly big customer base in Camel, so hopefully it goes well. Yeah. Maroonies in Templemore is the best shop around. Yeah, and tell us about this nomination, what it means to you. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's just for the daily staff themselves. It's great to get an honour for them for all the work they put in, like, you know. But to just get nominated, it's great to start to win it now, it'll be even better again. But, you know. And what's so good about your breakfast rolls? Well, it's all fresh. Everything's fresh in it, like, any you want. And especially our, um, our rolls are freshly made in our own bakery as well. Mulroonies based in Australia, and spread them out on Mulroonies round. So, yeah. it's all freshly made every morning. In the wardrobe, is it? Yeah. Can I come into this wardrobe here, then? Yeah. Can I? Yeah. And how's okay. business going, Carmel? Actually, we're doing really well, and I think the reason why is because in the wardrobe is probably everything under the one roof. We've sizes from 8 to 16, but more important, curves 16 to 28. Oh, okay. So we cater for all sizes, which is good. We do shoes, hats, wedding wear, occasional wear. So we're everything under the one-stop shop. Were you delighted when you saw the nomination we coming were. in? I mean, really and truly, we were so amazed with all, you know, the customers messaging us and sending about. We actually got votes from Australia, cruise ships. You got votes from Australia? Yeah, yeah. Really? Because um, they listen to Tip FM all the time when they're abroad. On the cruise ships? On the cruise ships. Mary, how are you? I'm very good, Stephen. Delighted to be associated with the Best of Tip Awards, and thanks for coming aboard with us. Oh, we're delighted, sure. It's a great, it's a great opportunity to promote, you know, businesses in the county. Yeah. And there's been a great turnout, so it'll get bigger and better next year. Absolutely. We're going to do this every year. But even the, the PR that the businesses are getting, which is really the benefits, you know, yeah. as well. Um, so it's great. So That's what I'm noticing. I'm chatting to a lot of the businesses here, and they're all just so delighted to be on the shortlist and to be getting the recognition that they really deserve. Yeah. It's a very hard time for businesses. It is. So the more, you know, the more that they can get advertising and get promotion,
it's all coming back to me now. That was Mary Ryan from the local enterprise office, Tipperary, chatting with her own Stephen there ahead of the best of tip awards last night at the Anna Hotel. Now, before the show got underway, Stephen caught up with some <clears throat> celebrities. Are you nervous tonight, Andrew? I'm very nervous tonight, this Stephen. This is a big gig. Oh, man, listen, uh, I'm not used to this stuff. Like, I'm normally hidden away in a room on my own, as you'll know, you know. It'll be a tough crowd. It'll be a tough crowd. I know, listen, they're great. We met some people already. They're all great crack, and look, they're probably all deserving winners, but we'll have a bit of fun tonight anyway. I think I had Johnny Lupius here, Johnny. I, I, hear, I heard a rumour you might be presenting a very special award tonight. <laughs> yeah, the, the pubs or something. Uh, I'm 160 of them done, but I, the main thing about it is that I didn't vote because I found them all neck and neck, neck and neck, and I didn't want to have a, the cast and vote or anything yeah. like that, yeah. but the pubs have done marvellous. How are you doing, Fran? How are you doing now, Stephen? We're enjoying a glass of milk and some biscuits uh, ahead of the... Uh, Ahead of the show, yes. This is a strange one. I'm, I'm chatting to Fran Curry on tip today, <laughs> tomorrow. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, in a weird sort of way. Well, what a turnout here. It's super, Fantastic. isn't it? It's a terrific night. Isn't it? Isn't it's it? It's it's great, yeah. Okay, the best look with the MC. Oh, don't be too nervous now or anything. Oh, I'm just Fran. terrified here. I'll continue with the milk and biscuits, though. I mean, you've got Andrew as well. The fact that Andrew's doing oh, half... That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just about to get underway here at the Anner Hotel. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome along to the Anna Hotel in Furlis for the very first Tip of them Best of Tip Awards. Are you all feeling well? Yay! Well, after a couple of rather crazy years, indeed, we decided to establish the Tip of them Best of Tip Awards to provide a boost and some profile indeed for local businesses because it's been a tough old time indeed. So we want to set some scores tonight and most importantly of all, have a little bit of crack as well. We want to say a very special thanks tonight, and you might give them a round of applause, because it has to be the local enterprise office in Tipperary. They've been tremendous to us. Give them a big round of applause. And we're delighted to have Elaine Cullinan and indeed Mary Ryan from the LEO with us here tonight. The Best of Tip Awards 2022. Best Barber. All right, all right, all right. Okay, our bronze award goes to Joe's Barber Shop in Cashel. Come on, give a round of applause. Our silver award goes to William Walsh Barbers in Cullinan. And the winner is Morgan for Benamina!
you very, very much. It's very, very true. Thank you. Thank you to all our customers, supporters, uh, Instagram and Facebook, and the team of them. Thank you very, very much. We're very, very happy. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, will you welcome Johnny Newby, ladies and gentlemen? Well, as you can hear, Johnny Newby is now going up to the Dancing Awards, so this is the best pub award. And the winner of Best Pub goes to the Archbishop. So free drinks, is that you got on that one? Yeah, from half nine to half ten tonight. And I'm knocking the door here. <laughs> uh, congratulations, Carl. Brilliant. Uh, thanks to everyone who bought it. Like, you know, it was brilliant. Great to be appreciated now and again. Yeah, well, you certainly are. Best of luck to you. Cheers. How are you, Martin? Congratulations. Thank you very much. That's brilliant. Must be absolutely over the moon, are you? We're delighted, Jim. We came up, we came up, um, just nice to be part of it, nice to be at a lot of great clubs in the county and we're, we're privileged to be here. And how busy are you these days there in the club? Every, every night of the week. Every night? Every night. How many boxes have uh, you? We've over 100 boxes going through training through the season between like, tonight we've colleges boxing and we've our own young kids boxing with two sessions a night, every night up till Monday to Thursday and then we compete at the weekends. So you're adding yourself seven nights a week, are you? They're all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, well, like, not, not just me and my own, we loads of coaches. We've got Keith Galvin, John Mackey, Kenny Dillon, all the different lads in the club that help us out through the years. Loads of coaches. It's all down to the young kids. They're there they're on the arm. So we just keep the door open for them. Best sports club in Tipperary. Well done to you. Thank you very much. Oh, mighty atmosphere altogether. Finally, let's hear from the recipient of the Local Hero Award. 12-year-old Cara Darmody addressed the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you to everyone who nominated me. I'm so honoured to get this award. Well done to everyone who was nominated tonight and to those lucky few who won. You are all superstars. Big thanks to... finishing off the night in great style as our, our local hero. What a night it was, the inaugural Best of Tipperary Awards uh, with uh, your own Tip FM and of course the wonderful entity that is the Tipperary Local Enterprise Office as well. We enjoyed it hugely. We had a ball. 
even managed to have a drink, a civilised drink, with uh, the great Johnny Luby as well. 1800-938-007. All right, we'll take a break. Back in just a moment. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip today on 1 800 938 007. 1800-938-007. Text WhatsApp 083 A listener on to say, thank goodness, finally an informed voice on tip today. I noticed, though, that Fran was much more confrontational with Austin than with, uh, than with his old pal Johnny. This is one of our listeners. Well, there you go. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, it's probably time to relax the legislation around fireworks, says another listener in line with every other European state. It's a total waste of Garda resources every single year. Yeah, I'm not sure. What are those legislations um, around fireworks in other countries? I'm not I'm not sure what the story is uh, there. Are we lagging behind in some way? And maybe you think we should be easier in our approach to uh, fireworks. How do you feel about that? Um, it's just the bloody danger of the things when you see so many people uh, getting hurt uh, with them. You might like to let us know where that is concerned. Do you think we should relax and allow fireworks uh, to uh, happen? 1800 Interesting email from a listener and it says here, Dear Fran, I'm writing to bring your attention to an incident that happened to a poor, sick, well-known man locally. The man was in hospital in Tipperary and some smart arse took his photograph on their phone as he lay in bed. I was shocked to hear that anybody would stoop so low to do that to another human being. It went viral. If I were a member of his family, I'd be reporting it to the Gardaí. I'm calling on the powers that be in any of the hospitals, public or nursing homes, to insist that no mobile phones are used for Facebook or otherwise. I know that hospital staff have enough to do besides watching such shabby people. All I can say is their day will come and it's a sure sign that they haven't much to do. And it's signed a friend of the gentleman in uh, question. So that, it, it sounds terrible to take a picture of somebody without their, their permission and particularly to then put it up on social media. And I'm not sure if it was ridiculed in some way, but it certainly went viral according to this listener. And it brings up the whole thing about videoing and mobile phones. I have some serious, serious issues with it, even from a an entertainment point of view, you know, that, you know, people singing songs and all of a sudden they turn around and there's people videoing. So I'm not sure it's the right thing to do. And for the person uh, doing it, I'm not sure that, you know, that they're fully engaging in the evening and enjoying the evening if they're stuck to videoing it. But there you go. We know the difficulties many people face when trying to access services within the health sector, but it's even more difficult for people who are not related to the person that they're trying to help. And that's the problem facing our next guest. And uh, Liam joins me now. Liam, good morning to you. Oh, good morning, Frank. And we How are things, Frank? Very well indeed, Liam. Will you tell me what Great happened to, to your poor neighbour last week, Liam? Yeah, well, Fran, we had a bit of... We had issues. Um, the lady concerned fell a few weeks ago and broke broke a couple of bones. 
and um, went through the services and got her tests and whatever. Right. And anyway, sure. Look, we gave a few weeks looking after her. Mm. No local, no family locally as such. So there's just a few neighbours that were doing our best to look after her. You know, mm. and um, really, why I'm ringing Fran is our services should be more proactive instead of reactive. I think you know that. This lady broke her bone, but there was no follow-up. Okay, she got letters and she got appointments to go to Limerick and these places, but how did she get there? It all fell back on her neighbours and her friends, you know? And is she a very um, elderly lady, uh, Liam? Well, this lady now being her 80s. Okay. Yeah, and okay. Li- lives alone, you know? Right. And lives alone, you know? And uh, in the end of it, we, we eventually we got her in, got her in, a couple of the neighbours convinced her to go kind of put the gun to her head and say, look, if you don't do this, you have to do this for your own well-being mm. and for your own care that you have to be looked after, you know? So eventually they got her in and got her into a uh, hospital and that's where we are now at the moment. So we're just hoping that when she comes out, there will be support services in place. But can I put it to you, and, Liam, unless yourself mm. and your neighbours intervened mm. here, the lady wouldn't have any any help. Is that, she, is that what you're saying? She, that's it, that's it, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I heard, you know, her doctor, her medical team were aware that she had this break. She had the cast on. Uh, she's a little, has a bit of dementia coming on and gets a bit confused. And mm. she didn't know what the cast was, you know. She didn't recognize it. She recognized it as a foreign body, you know. So she eventually was able to get it off herself. And were the people you know? in the hospital aware that she was going home to to be alone in her home? Like, no, no, I don't think so, sure. All they, all they did five weeks ago was put the cast on and sent her home again, you know. You know, so really our concern now is, well, we got no feedback from anybody to say how she's getting on unless we ring the hospital. We're not related, you see. We're not family. Right. Uh, so they're not inclined to give us any... Right, and they're not obliged uh, to give you any information, yeah, I suppose. Then, exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, which, well, I know the system is right. I know everyone's entitled to their privacy and all that, but at the end of the day, we were concerned, you know, and that's the next step now is what's going to happen when she comes home, you know. And that's the thing. And is she due out soon, do you think, Liam? Well, I was talking to her now yesterday on the phone and she says she's coming home today, but she's not up, she's you up. know. Right. Okay. So I'd say within probably next week sometime, I suppose, you know. So we're hoping that she'd get a bit of respite maybe right. somewhere. In in a nursing know? home or in a care in, home somewhere, in, is it? it? Yeah, exactly, yeah, for a couple of weeks. And then hopefully get the services in place. Hmm. But um, but as far as you're concerned, you know, she she's not able to completely look after herself at this point, oh, is Oh, not at all. No. no, she's not able to look after herself. No, no. Are no, these the no. forgotten people then, Liam, do you think? Are they? I think so. I think so. I mean, what's what's wrong like with community? I mean, back in the day, a priest would call to your house to see how you're getting on. And this lady, a very religious lady, when she was able to get out, she, out and about, she'd be in church, she'd be at mass every day, you know? Um. No one seems to knock on the door, apart from a few of us here along the street that are looking out for her best interests, you know. But after that, you know, there's no one. There's no services. There's no services. You know? I don't know what's Isn't that very sad to get to that age, you know, and and to find yourself alone and isolated like that, only for mm. the help of your neighbours, you know? That's it. That's it, yeah. Yeah, isn't it great that we can do that for her, you know? But we can only do so much at the end of the day that the services have to step in and what, look after her. And from you what know. you've seen then, Liam, what exactly is necessary? Well, she needs a home care package okay. before she comes out of hospital anyway. Straight yeah. away, put in place, you know. 
and people checking in, or we check in and out in our bus line. We all have jobs to go to. We have mortgages course, to pay. Of course, you know that we can't be there. You know, so she needs, you know, she needs that support during the day when she's at home. You know, that's in the morning. Right. Any Maybe any public not. representatives getting involved here, Liam? Anybody no, speaking for no, her? No. 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 Not at the minute. No. Maybe we'll get in touch with one or two after. Yeah. I've spoken to you, friend, you know. Well, it, but as I said, last Thursday night when I emailed you, I was my my head was all over the shop. I couldn't sleep. Half two in the morning, I emailed her show, hoping we could yeah. get somewhere. But over the weekend, we were able to convince her to move with a couple of neighbours. The other neighbours were able to convince her yeah. to go into was, hospital, you know. I was reading back down through your email. This has really bothered you, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're all very concerned about her, you know. Yeah, because she's she's a lovely lady, you know, and we have to, she has to be looked after, you know. All right, well let's That's let's let's put it out there, Liam, and let's see if we could get some local representatives to to maybe see if uh, some respite can be found or something like that as well. Thanks, exactly. yeah. Liam. Yeah. Thank you so much indeed for coming on with us. Oh, well okay, done to yourself and your neighbours for being so uh-huh, neighbourly. So you know, yeah, thanks. Well. Thanks, Liam. Yeah, you have to do your bit. Look after people, don't you? At the end of the day, that's yeah. what life is all about. Well, you that's, know? that's for sure. Thanks, Liam. Yeah. Thank you. All right, friend. Thanks Good for your time. Good okay. to you. That's uh, Liam speaking to us there about his elderly neighbour who needs some help. It's as simple as that. That's it for me. Uh, Emma produced. Ali looks after our content. Katie looked after our Vox Pops. Stephen is on the way. And I will talk to you tomorrow. You look after yourselves, won't you? Bye-bye. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.